This is Ed McGinnis at New York Comic Con. Listen to America. <laughs> 11 America. 11 o'clock. <laughs> 11 o'clock comics. Did you, did you do it from the beginning? Yep. Hold on. I won't look. This is Ed McGinnis. Listen to 11 o'clock. <laughs> I'm like having a Mike Tyson this moment. Gold. This is gold, man. One more time. <laughs> definitely going to make the outtakes real. That's going right in the beginning. <laughs> this is Ed McGinnis. Listen to the 11 o'clock comics podcast. And I won't eat your children. <laughs> nice. <laughs> that was sweet. Like that? Sweet and strong, just like you. Oh, it's true. Probably a little bit more echoey since uh, there isn't an, as much crap in this room tonight. So, Woo. were you in the dungeon? Pretty pictures taken. No, I had to bring everything down to the dungeon, Vince. Mm. Are they elevated? I brought a pallet home from work. Excellent, my man. Super smart. So that's um, how the hell did you bring a pallet home? It's like, it's a half pallet. One of the design oh. jets come in. So because they're only short boxes, there's only about. Um, little over a dozen short boxes downstairs. I use nothing else. I, 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 de- I detest long boxes. Oh, oh yeah. I, det- I have three in the crawl space. I, I hate having to maneuver them around, yep. move them. They're pain in the ass. There's one thing I hate more than a long box. It's a drawer box. Really? Oh, oh I, I, top, I right? don't like the drawer boxes at all. Flimsy ass. Yeah. Just bleh, no. Oh, I got a ton that are all interlocked and stacked in my yeah, room. and They fell up great. We know that. I didn't want to say anything, but you know, I just don't like. <laughs> I'm saying like well, I, I, I think they're far less flimsy. When you pull on the on the handle, and you get that peak in the front yeah. of the box, no, nah, yep. I can't yep. have mm. it. That's exactly what you mean. Yeah. Mm. Look at this, me and Boo, and then there's <laughs> you. <laughs> oh, oh, damn. <laughs> this is fun. Ah. Well, um, this is a little bit different intake for 11 o'clock comics episode 539 Oof. what up and i am at last after a long hard day working and teaching i'm a comfortable i can't even say it i'm so comfortable vince b <laughs> oh i love a comfortable vince b i i'm i'm getting comfortable the ac is on it's I, I'm, it's been a long flipping week, and and I am David A. Price. Indeed, you are, and I'm everyone's favorite scam from the future. I'm Booster Gold. <laughs> We're skeets, skeet, skeet, skeet. No, skeet, you're skeet, not. Skeet. You're not Booster Gold. You're Jason Wood. You're much what handsome than Booster. And Booster. it's that transitional period, folks. Sorry to be the bearer of bad news, but the DCBService.com list of specials from the previews ordering catalog, and not just the previews ordering catalog this time around, there's like friggin' three catalogs now. Yeah. Like, yeah. what is going on? Indeed, yes. It's, it's, it's Marvel, DC Image, and then everybody else in their own catalog. I think they should have hashtag me too for the, for the <laughs> comics. <laughs> Oh, oh, shit. image. Oh, oh, me too. We we need our You're own catalog. So crazy. But no, it it's pretty cool. Um, this month I opened up my box and there was not one previews catalog and a Marvel's 
previews catalog. There was a DC preview catalog, and it was different, and I don't know if I'm used to it yet, but it doesn't really matter because, as I was saying, the list of specials has not been chosen. So we're in that void, that gray area. But rest assured, once they do select those magnificent magazines and comics for you at massive discounts, the discounts will be both deep and plentiful and musical. Mm -hmm. Yes. So go there. Discount well, Comic Book Service, DCBService.com. One more time for the people who haven't been paying attention, DCBService.com. They are the absolute best. Oh, they yes. are. Super yeah. shout outs because I I, uh, I had an issue that was fairly quickly resolved. And, and I even had a little bit of um, a little bit of a peek behind the curtain as far as uh, how something uh, like this faux pas could have happened and, and steps that are taken to ensure that it, it doesn't. But I mean, it, it's, it was a mistake. Mistakes happen. No problems with that. Everything's going to be rectified, but mm -hmm. uh, it's, 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 it's nice that there's a, uh, there's a human element involved and, and things get taken care of as, as they should. Absolutely. So, big ups. Cool. Um, knock on wood. That's me knocking. I have never. See, if I say it now, I'm going to jinx it. Yep. You are. So I'm not well, going to say yeah. it. I know what you're getting at, though, because when David told us of his issue today, I realized that uh, I'm so used to DCBS never making a mistake all these years that I don't even check my packing slip. So I, I it's quite possible I have occasionally missed something and I don't know it. <laughs> See, and so. the thing is, I. And, and like you, yes, for years, I, I would never. There, there, there was no reason to to question it, except that um, a couple weeks Rebbe. ago, yeah, as I was cataloging things, mm -hmm. I realized that I, I had missed an issue of Department H and an issue of Sherlock Frankenstein. And, and I went and verified in my order history that, yes, for some stupid-ass reason, I did not order them at the time. They, they're, they're now on their way. That, that's not an issue. But this time, yeah, it, it's so... Yeah. But the way the system works, it, it something would really ha somebody would have to miss something for you to be missing things sure. based on the weight of a package and things like that. It's really odd that you should mention that because recently I sent customer service at DCB service a uh, a message saying, "Yo, what's up? I never got my hack slash resurrection number three. Like, what what's going on? Because I use the pull list function." Mm -hmm. Right. I didn't have it in my pull list at the time. Mm -hmm. And so I never ordered it. I had it on the pull list from issue four on. It was your fault, see? And it was yeah. my fault. And I was all like, oh, boy. Yeah. You're like my bust. Yeah, not a good look. <laughs> now, I know why Daph knew that something was amiss. Because I was all giddy bragging on how I had global frequency sitting on my lap. Yeah, he was like, "Oh, I'm gonna get that. I'm I can't get that. wait." And then it didn't arrive, and he was like, "This box where my is, copy at?" Th this it's, this it's box like is the whip before of like, no, but I haven't. I have two trades now. I get to read an over a slightly oversized hardcover of, of all you're, you're issues. He's never read it. Um, but the size, the 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 depth of this box that arrived yesterday, it's it's like. 
they wouldn't even be able to fit a previews and <laughs> the few comics I was talking, that, right? that I ordered. It is it yeah. is a small the the patrons get a bigger box than what I actually uh, for the first time ever got a envelope from DCB service about two months ago. What? Well, I you know well as you guys is know it, I do is it a I fifth do, week skip week kind of thing? I do week yeah I do weeklies. And uh, it was just one of those strange weeks where I think I got maybe three issues. <laughs> so it came in one of those like flat mm-hmm. boxes, uh, yeah, not uh, envelopes, you know, with like. Um, now see, yeah. If that was me, I would say, hey, in the future, if this ever happens again, just keep them till the next week. Well, I would say that it was an outlier because I've been doing this for 10, 10 plus years, and I've I've never had it happen before. So I just think it was just one of those quirky times when yeah. I wasn't getting anything. We uh we have thank yous. I have many thank yous this episode. Well, I have a thank you. I have a thank you for someone for all three of us. I have a thank oh. you t- for this person. No, you don't. Okay, no. tell me. No, I think we're talking about different people. Right. Probably. I, um, I received a package with three copies of a graphic novel. I'm not talking about this person. I know that oh, yeah. <laughs> the graphic novel is a New York Times best-selling. OGN that came out a few years ago called The Arrival by Sean Tan. And I have three brand spanking new copies. And I will say it is a uh, hi, Jason, David and Vince. Enjoy your gift. This is one of my favorite graphic novels from. And this is interesting because when I first saw the name, I thought, well, clearly this is a, a friend and a listener, but I don't recognize the name. And that is Juan Manuel Villalpando Berumen. Wow, I love it. I know, and I thought, oh, well, I'm going to shout him out on the show, but interesting. I, I don't know that I've had any interaction with this gentleman. And then, on the Twitters, I get a DM from my man, Jay Mann, saying, hey, did you happen to get a package? And I said, ah, <laughs> oh, Jay Mann. Now it all comes together. So thank you, Juan, a.k.a. Jay Mann, for the graphic novel. Then he, he actually sent me a couple more things on Twitter, but... Uh, I guess he is an immigrant, and this book apparently deals with that kind of concept. And he said it's always been one of his uh, favorite illustrated uh, works of any kind. So he wanted us to read it. So much love to him, and I have your copy sitting here. So when I see y'all next, I will hand them off, and we can read it and then talk about it. Sweet. Nice. It's it's pantomime. What? What? There's no text. Oh, you've read it? Mm-hmm. Oh. Yes. It's, it's, wait a wait, 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 Blow blow Juan's big moment. No, uh, my dude, it's uh, <laughs> it's it's magnificently illustrated, but it's it's completely silent. Yep. I'm looking through it now. You're correct. Yeah, I am. That's enough said. Well, well, then you can, since you already have a copy, you can give your used copy away in a care package, and you can take this brand spanking new copy and put it on your shelf. Sweet. I can't give the used copy away. Okay, then you can give Tim, the brand new copy. You can regift regifter. Tiki and gave it to th- me. Oh, you know, it's funny you mentioned that because Tiki loved this book. I remember this was nominated for an Eisner and he begged us to read it. Yep. You know what I'm wondering now? If he sent me the co- copy too. Yeah, I am too. <laughs> oh, I, I really, yeah. Holy shit. Talk about the arrival, huh? Well, it, if it's in my r- room somewhere, it's I got two copies and I will give the one that Tiki sent away because Tiki probably forgets he even sent it. I doubt it. I have a thank you. It has to do with my um, my drink, my libation for this episode. Well, then I'll I'll just thank him at the same time as you do. I decided to wait until we all had it 
to drink it. So mm-hmm. by all means, I'm not doing that because I don't have anything else. So um, I got a delivery of wine to my home, which was kind of cool. And I'm thinking, wow, how do they ship wine where the bottle doesn't get all busted? But uh, it's from wine.com. And inside the box, there was a very cleverly shaped clamshell container that did not allow the wine bottle to uh, be broken. And it was sent with great love from Alex Mansfeld. Yes. And um, it is called The Prisoner from 2016 Napa Valley Red Wine bottled by The Prisoner Wine Company, Oakville, California, bibbidi-bobbidi-boop. And the label is amazing. Yes, it really is. You've had this? I've not had the one. It's funny that when I opened up the box, that's the bottle that was in there. So I sent Alex a note thanking him, first of all, for, for thinking of us. But um, it was almost like he read my mind because there's one liquor store that we tend to frequent more often than the others. And the prisoner is always there next to the model that I always get and a few other bottles all in the same area. And I always look at that label. I pick up a bottle every once in a while. I put it back down and, and end up getting something that I'm familiar with. I, it, the, the label drew me to it, but I am so glad that he sent it because it's something that it's a wine that I've wanted to try for a while now. And it's good. Uh, it's good. he says that it's one of his favorites. So I, I cannot wait. I can't wait for Jason to get his so I can finally try it. Uh, yeah. See, I don't, I don't, I don't play like that. No, that's all good. I, 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 yes, as David's alluding, I, it, I know for sure. Alex also sent me some. Uh, it was signature acquired, and we were not around on the back-to-back days that they tried to deliver it. So it is sitting waiting for me to pick up. But I will do that. Nice. And the the label kind of looks a little bit like Wrightson from a distance. Yeah, just, just a little. Yeah. How do well, you get so labels? You're drinking. Off but, a but bottle. drinking since he can't, uh, since he opted not to have it tonight. Um, I, as I mentioned, it's it's been a long freaking week. It's 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 also kind of warmish. Uh, I was going to have a glass of bourbon with a nice big old ice cube in it, but um, I'm not really there right now mentally so <laughs> i just decided to um kick back and sip on yield standby motto backbone cabernet sauvignon and um it's it's kind of hitting the spot i'm with my booze i got some wine we're gonna talk about some comic books so i think that that kind of puts me in in the right mind space for for how to get to the end of this week all right word up what about you uh, yes, I am drinking the grape as well. Um, I am drinking my version of Pepe Mac, which is uh, Santa Julia Reserve, Malbec. I drink it a lot. I love it. It's damn good. That's all you need to say, right? Mm-hmm. Cool. I have another thank you, but I'm going to save it for later. Because okay. it'll, it'll be more appropriate later. Mm-hmm. So why don't you just get it out of the way? Talk about your movie. Go ahead. Oh. Oh, I didn't know if, if we were going to go that route since it's still fresh and new. Mm-hmm. I mean, only a billion dollars has been earned so far. Maybe there's people that haven't seen it yet. Like hey. Daryl and Vince. 
Well, I, I'm telling you, I, I'm in no hurry to see it, so you could just let fly. It's, it's a bit of a shame. It does. It, 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 I mean, of all the movies, that one, and I know you know people have have begged and pleaded and and severely requested you see a movie or they send it to you and you end up you know yeah you were right I enjoyed it blah 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 you know like first adventure for one but um this one is definitely um one that 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 should be viewed should be experienced it's not it it there's a lot going on and it's it it's not nowhere near on the same level as um a saturday afternoon got no might as well kill some time like you would with the ragnarok or garden or the first gardens of the galaxy or any pretty much any other uh marvel movie this one is is kind of one that requires undivided attention and and there is a bit there are payoffs um and there are things that 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 move the story along but it this is one where i do it, it does kind of hurt my heart a little bit that that you don't have a desire right yeah i wasn't i was thinking of urgency or whatever but desire is perfect uh to <laughs> to to go um to go to the theater and see it yeah yeah i mean i i kind of don't want to spoil it just because i have to assume yeah. a lot of our listeners no, still I, haven't seen it yet but i will say uh, some high level thoughts and depth can, can, can also, I guess I, I, first of all, I loved it. Um, it, it was, I, I am often guilty of putting undue expectation on movies in particular. I seem to be okay at not doing that with comics or books or television shows, but I do sometimes get pretty hyped about movies and, and I think to my detriment sometimes in that they're not what I hoped they would be. And it, it, it leads me to unfairly penalize them. Um, most recently probably Thor Ragnarok, but, but um, I, I definitely had high expectations for this film, given that it is the culmination of essentially a decade of of Marvel uh, comic uh, films, and uh, obviously centered around the Avengers. And the first film where we were going to get to see essentially all of these characters uh, fighting together for one common goal. And uh, in spite of the massive expectations, uh, I thought it far exceeded them. I. Um, even as we're talking about it now, I'm just I'm getting hyped about it and can't wait to see it again. I I, I thought it was action packed. Uh, I I thought the fact that they were able to take dozens of characters and uh, and and yet have the film flow well and kudos to the editors of the film because it wasn't choppy. It, it wasn't there were no non sequiturs. It, it as they went from scene to scene and group of characters to group of characters, it made sense. I never felt lost. I never felt like they were force-feeding anyone into the narrative. Um, I, I thought Thanos was easily, I mean, not even, I, I don't even know that there's a, a close second, easily the, the best superhero villain that we've ever seen. And I'm going to exclude different renditions of the Joker into that, because for some reason I do view the the Batman movies as their own thing, fair or unfair. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of at least, well, certainly I'll say the Marvel and the non-Batman DC superhero films, uh, this is the best villain we've ever gotten by a a landslide. Um, He was an absolute badass. Um, It was just fantastic to see a villain not only be competent, but be nigh unstoppable, which is how they often should be. 
because what's the point of having what's the point of needing 30 heroes to defeat someone if if they're so easily defeated so um two huge thumbs up and some pinky toes in the air to go with it how about you dad i agree completely um there i had high expectations uh just based on not just based on Marvel's track record, but um, you know th- there was this, there's a sense that the past few Marvel movies have been coming out at a pretty rapid clip. And while while Black Panther doesn't necessarily, I mean, the setting does, but but the movie itself, as far as right. uh, needing another stone or Thanos being a threat, doesn't really play into the Black Panther movie. But we had and we had Guardians earlier last year and in, in, in beginning of the summer then but then you had ragnarok in november black panther a couple months ago and it's still playing in some theaters so there was and because of how the 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 final credit scene in thor ragnarok plays directly into it, it's almost like a second later the 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 commission covers that, that that dude gets, but it, it's you see the end of Thor Ragnarok, and then, you know, the beginning of Infinity War is is kind of you know a couple mm-hmm. hours later, and and then this, if even that, but uh, that helps I think set the the tone with 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 the the urgency and 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 the threat level um, that our heroes are going to face, and and like Jason said with the cutscenes. There, there are three different. Um, there's, there, they're all happening at the same time. You have mm-hmm. you have things happening on Wakanda in Wakanda, you have things happening on Titan, and then you have uh, the the team of Thor, Rocket, or in Thor's case, Rabbit and Groot, um, handling their business, and they all kind of meet up. Uh, well, two of them eventually meet up, and then, it, but it's the way it's it's all put together, and and you even so much happens that it, I, I need to see it again because it was. I, I understand the criticisms people have towards Thor Ragnarok, where it's like, oh, it's jokey, and then you know, here's Hela basically destroying most of her kin, and but. We're going to cut scenes and joke around with Thor and Grandmaster and yeah, yeah, you know. So I, but it, it for me it kind of balanced things out and it, it things kind of made sense based on who was doing what in the movie. But here, I didn't have because things were happening quickly and they should have. It wasn't like they were overcompensating for anything, but things were happening kind of quickly where it 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 hard for me. It was hard for me to register the grief of of one character before something else happened to another. And it, it was, it, it was just done. I felt extremely well. Um, there's, it didn't matter that, you know, we read part of the story that, that some of this movie is based on, um, knowing the events from that, from that miniseries in no way diminished or, or made me think like, well, I knew that was coming or, or, mm-hmm. well, they're just going to fix it. And it, it's, it just, there were, and that is 
kudos to the storytellers, to the actors, to the Russo brothers, to to everybody involved in making this movie because I still, I still was hit. I still had the gut punches. I was still knocked down. I still felt there was still uh, there was a lot going on, and I saw it with an amazing audience because there were scenes that when they should have applauded, they did. When they should have audibly gasped, they did. Uh, there, there were, there were, oh no's, and I mean, there were just, there were, they knew what they were getting into, and, and it didn't matter that, you know, it's a comic book movie, or these are heroes, or nobody ever stays dead, and, and, right. you know, for the most part, I think in, in the Marvel movies, at least, except for the, except for one character who, who, who shows up, um, everybody has, well, we knew, I mean, as soon as, the second cat movie was called the winter soldier. We knew where that was going, but pretty much everybody, whether it's, it's Ronan or Malekith or it doesn't, or, or stain people in the Marvel universe tend to stay dead. And, um, you know, that, that should, I don't, I don't care what's on IMDb. I don't care if, you know, Tom Holland is going to be in another Spider-Man movie. Maybe that takes Mm -hmm. place before infinity war. I don't need to know, if Robert Downey Jr. or or Chris Evans' contracts are up soon, and if I'm doing the math, then because of all the movies they've already been in and how many years they've been working, their contracts probably up. So I can expect that. I don't. I don't want to know. I don't. That's an insult to the storytellers in my mind. I just. I'd rather just be in the moment, let them tell the story they want to tell, and I'm along for that ride. And I was completely along for the ride for the two and a half plus hours I was sitting in the theater. Yeah. You you bring up a great point with the the Ragnarok, and I, I appreciate that that's more of a, an aesthetic thing because, as you said, I was in the camp of it was too many jokes took me out of it, and I know you were more in the camp of it. It, it, it was enjoyable, and, and it definitely seems like it was a uh, you know a, a range of, of of views on that film. Although I, it seems more people liked it than did not. Um, but I thought, and I don't know if this was by design, but I thought that uh, to start this movie out the way they did, which picks up basically minutes after Thor Ragnarok ends. Um, I thought was it struck me as like oh, okay you're 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 doing this to 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 kind of acknowledge that this isn't a joke like this is yeah like this is the real deal Holyfield like this is like everything you've seen before this isn't like that this this dude's about business you know and um, I have to say uh, when we did the book of the month last week and we did Infinity Gauntlet I believe it was Vince who said but we both concurred something akin to, well, we can be pretty sure that, that most, if not everything from this book won't find its way into the film. And uh, on one very important visceral level that, that we won't spoil directly, uh, we were we were 100% wrong. <laughs> <laughs> we were 100% wrong because um, there were elements of the book, arguably the most important elements of, of the book, that uh, were absolutely in this movie, but uh, much different from the way we, we took our our much different than our perspective on the book and rereading it these many years later. Um, it just felt right in this, in this movie. And I will say that um, much to my 15 year old's bafflement, there were people openly weeping and gasping um, yep. at the end of the film in the movie, like legit, like crying, like girl, like women were crying. And, uh, and, and uh, my wife couldn't see the, the movie with us. She was away, but she went and saw it this week um on her own she's a badass and she <laughs> said she teared up at the end because she has no yeah. frame of reference for the comics so for her stuff like that that happens like you said that's the other thing david i mean like you said i mean we are we is this comp this movie more than probably any other in the marvel pantheon was 
an illustration of those of us who are hardcore comic nerds that see these films versus the 95% of people who just see these films. Because we are not only used to characters, quote unquote, dying, but we are like completely numb and jaded to it to the point where it's become uh, almost a a trope uh, that we make fun of. Right. I mean, it's, it's never, Oh, somebody died when, you know, they're gone mm-hmm. forever. It's when, how long until they come back? And right. I say I say that with uh, with Wolverine having just come back um, and, and and happening right now at Marvel in the comics. Um, but ninety five percent of the people that have been on this journey for a decade now don't get that. They don't know that. They don't understand that that's a comic thing. To to, to them, deaths are deaths. Yeah, they have no reason to think that any death that they see in these films isn't isn't final. Um. On the on the way home, like my wife is definitely one of the people who she doesn't she's never heard the Mad Titan before. Uh, you know, he's not the reasonably logical Titan. He is. He, he's. <laughs> you know, as soon as we get in the car, she's like, "Okay, so." Why not just create infinite resources? And and I'm like, but I'm like, it's much easier to to wipe the board than you know maybe he's not a farmer and a botanist. Maybe you know it's like so I'm I'm like I'm trying to like apply logic mm-hmm. to what we just saw, but but she she definitely like your wife. She there there were moments where because because there are certain characters who who do not make it out of this movie and you know it's one thing to shrug it off and go well they'll be back but in that moment it doesn't matter if you think in a year from now this character is going to be on the screen again it's Mm -hmm. at that moment your favorite character whoever you have been enjoying throughout the 10 years marvel's been doing these movies was wiped away no rhyme yeah. reason and 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 thanos even tells you tells you you know whether it's royalty rich or poor i'm not there's no discrimination it's right. just it's half which is why you know you had the rich and the poor the old and the young and 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 but you know you kind of didn't want to see certain people go and yep. uh it's it's everybody you know there, there's really only i mean wanda did wanda finally um, answered the call, but there was really one person in the whole movie who did what he said he was going to do, what he was going to set out to do. Um, whereas everybody else, especially one person who, and and this is this is just proof that even in a comic book universe, love makes you do stupid shit, and and you you just it doesn't matter. What you say to someone, it's it's however you feel about them is is really going to drive your actions. And um, there were a lot of moments. I don't know if I should say a lot, but there were moments where, you know, things could have went, things could have gone in a different direction. We would have been a hell of a lot shorter had people just done what they were supposed to do. And mm-hmm. um, it wouldn't have made for a very enjoyable movie. But right. um, you know, everything happened for a reason. And 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 you may you may have been mad. Again, because of the way the movie is made and and the stories tellers 
doing a good, damn good job. You may have been mad at the person that, that, that just did what they did on screen, but you can, after a second, kind of nod your head and say, you know what, I, I get it. I, I, I probably, I can see, I, I understand why you did it. You know, it wasn't the right thing to do. You shouldn't have done that, but I, I get it. And, uh, that's just, it's, it, it, the heroes had feet of clay and Thanos because of, of his motives. He is, you know, he's, he's not, I back up everything Jason said about, about him being the, just the best villain Marvel's had so far. And, and, um, and not just Marvel, but it, it's, he was, you should be absolutely pissed off and angry and, and you should hate Thanos. But when he explains himself, you kind of just like a small part of me is like, that kind of makes sense. And, and, but he has, Mm -hmm. he has his motives and, and he's, he's going to see them through. And, and it, and this is basically, you know, people can be pissed because, Oh, it's a cliffhanger. No, it isn't. Not for Thanos. It isn't. It's, it's, this is exactly, he, he set out to do what he wanted to do from the very first, From when we first see him at the end of the first Avengers movie and then the stingers throughout the years and, and even with Ronan in, in the first Guardians mm-hmm. of the Galaxy, we're sitting on his little floaty throne. It, it, it all led to this and, and mission accomplished. This was exactly. And, and I can just, now I'm good. And, and the fact that there were no, it was very somber music. There was no, there was no animated, uh, cast of characters and 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 credits. It just it was black with the white text and and, yep. and the somber music. And part of me, I, I understand why they had to do it. And and it it it's fine because it it does give people something to look forward to. And it it sets the stage for uh, the the Marvel movie that comes out after Ant Man and the Wasp. But part of me wish that there were no. No stingers at all. That it just that it was it. That was and, the end. And it ends on Thanos. <laughs> and then and you know, yes, and, and and of course and I mean the credits of course say that, you know, the Avengers will return, but this was the movie was over. And then once yeah. the um uh, once the credits end and we get that final stinger and uh it it does it you end up with it, it was there were some great moments, you know, in the auditorium as we were all leaving because then then people had questions about this character and what it could mean, and and I think it kind of set them up to um, look forward to Captain mm-hmm. Marvel. I'm looking forward to it because you know if it, it's it's if you want to call it a period piece because it takes place in the 80s and 90s, that you know I I want to know now why why she's off planet what happens in her movie yeah, yeah. that she has to leave earth and and that this is finally never mind the first avengers movie fury figured you know the avengers could handle that but that this is such a, a an extinction level threat that fury has to call this person who he hasn't we had that this universe hasn't seen in in over 20 30 years so uh before we wrap this up let me let me ask you uh if you have off just off the cuff top three characters from the film, like your 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 MVPs, uh, the MVPs are are Thor, uh, Spider Man, and I. I'm really leaning towards Doctor Strange. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as good guys, uh. 
but the yeah, I mean, I, I thought it was probably one of the best Iron Man Tony Stark performances from RDJ um, mm-hmm. in a I long agree. time. Yep. Um, I thought I thought Steve was great. I think Wanda absolutely leveled up. Yep. And 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 I I really dug the vision. But um, as far as heroes go, yeah, my my three would be Thor, Spidey, and and Strange. Yeah, I, I I'm agree. With, I'm two of the three. I'm with you. I I, I Strange and Thor. Um, and then I I'm going to give Scarlet Wish the third just because she's been so insignificant. Yes. So far. Yes. And and I think we finally get a glimpse of, of and she should be. I mean, in the comics, she's one of the most powerful as far as we know mutants that there is. So it's yeah. it's good to see her in action, uh, kicking ass and taking names. But uh, but I mean, my my MVP certainly if, if I wasn't just going heroes would be Thanos. Um, oh, and then, so that Vince can get in on this uh, episode. One last thing, Dab. How freaking cool is it that as we're watching this and the Black Order is on the freaking screen, <laughs> kicking ass, and we're like, we own oh. art from their first appearance. It's so ridiculous, dude. It's like, you know, because when we bought that art, I mean, backstory for people. Both David and I own pages from Infinity Number One, which is their first appearance, drawn by Jim Chung and Mark Morales. Um, we we bought that art uh, in part because. We were so stunned at how inexpensive it was because it was Jim Chung and on shits and giggles because it had been a running joke that I had wanted a Jim Chung sketch for years and just could never make it happen. And then almost randomly, we we saw he had art, published pages and, and, and said, well, let's look through it, assuming it would be, you know, $1,000 a page or whatever. And I think because this was an issue that was largely full of villains that were... Um, new and and likely at the time considered disposable, we got beautiful Jim Chung pages because they weren't featuring the heroes per right. se. And uh, I mean, I never thought in a million years based on what's happened. Now we've seen the Black Order since. Um, in fact, we we just saw them in in a, in our in the Avengers um, uh, No Surrender that we all yes. love. But but even with that, I mean, I don't know that they were much above, say, like the Wrecking Crew in terms of they were kind of being used as just like, you know, cosmic villains that yep. could be put onto the board to be defeated. Um, so I never in my wildest dreams when we bought that art thought that, okay, someday these are going to be characters that pretty much the entire world knows. So it's pretty neat, man. I mean, it's, you know, I, I have no idea if, if if it matters in terms of the value of the page. I have no intention of selling it, I'm sure, in the same boat, but it's pretty freaking cool. It is. As soon and I as... thought they were perfect too. They looked just like. Oh the, my god! Yes, they looked just like the freaking comic. It was incredible. Renee was absolutely. Her eyes were riveted to the screen when Proximity Midnight was on. Mm-hmm. Um, she kept looking at at at, at her eyes, and she's like, "Okay, she's like, right." Uh, so I got those feathers. Those, I'm like, they they kind of look like horns, but. Um, I, I thought seeing Corvus was great. She asked me questions about them, and I'm like, I it, it's it's weird. They kind of just show up. So you, I mean, they're they're Thanos is like right hands, but it's 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 not like yes, they're badasses. But as far as you know, I couldn't tell you the the, the simple story that, that that they've all appeared in. It's just it's and then when we're in Wakanda and the goddamn. Outriders show up. I was just I, I I start elbowing my wife. I'm like, oh, when we get home, I got to show you something. It's so cool. <laughs> it's just I was 
that was that was pretty wicked. I mean, it's just and you know when you think of all the heroes and the rest of the characters that have been in these movies, and then here are the henchmen, for lack of a better word, it, uh, it's th- that are only three or four years old. It's it's that's bringing the old and the new together. I just I, yeah. I thought it was a great use of them. It made sense for them. It's not like it, it would have. It was perfect to use the newer characters, then try to retell yep. the Infinity Gauntlet story. Yep. So, yeah. So, so needless to say, loved it. We both loved it, and I, I haven't heard many people chirp on it. The, the only the only complaints I've heard have been people that aren't comic fans that just are upset about the ending. Like, and like I hear emotionally so, but that's fine. I've seen a few posts. Um, I don't want to say sadly, but I've seen posts from from fellow comic fans that are like, I I don't know why everybody thinks it's so great. It's like, did you not read the comic? It's like, motherfucker, why do I? Why can't I'm enjoying this on its own? I'm judging this, yeah, and especially because how, how as we just said, it's it's the movies rarely. Sure, if I mean the origins, maybe are coincident a bit with the comics, but for the most part, I mean, this stuff doesn't have much to do with the comics. I mean, so even even Civil War, I mean, Civil War wasn't Civil War, right? No, like, it wasn't. No. I mean, so why would I presume that that, that kind of, that it would be that that analogous to the to the comic? I just, I, it, I don't understand why you need to it's like, okay, cool. I, I, I guess you're happy that you know how it's going to end. Yeah. Or, I mean, I, but me, I I'd rather applaud the the people who brought the movie to life sure. and, and let them know, you know, uh, job well done. My nine-year-old was salty AF. I bet. It's not, we got I out mean, of the film. I was like, did you guys love it? <laughs> Colin was like, oh, it was so dope. Jackson was like, oh, it's the best Marvel movie yet. And Holden was like, I don't know. It was all right. <laughs> like, What's the matter, dude? He's like, I don't understand why everybody had to die. I'm like, dude, relax. It's all good, my dude. But yeah, nine-year-old was trying to he was feeling himself. He was not not feeling it. I feel, you know. So Vince, yeah, comics, Vince, regale us about something that it really that floats your boat. That has you has you. It's giving you a semi. Yeah, because uh, I give to you the a slack. Full. According to the slack, Ooh, a full. You, you were a little you were a little concerned. Oh, we're going to talk about the thing that we both read that we all read. Yeah, cool. I was going to say both, and I just looked at the slack. We all read. Cool. Because we got a lot of time to kill. Let's go extra long tonight. Uh, yeah, everybody, down. Everybody's up. Nobody's, nobody's running on fumes. Oh, please. <laughs> it's like a birth in the corner. That's all right. <laughs> Wait, what's that real quick? Oh, that in the distance, that's the sound of the smallest violin playing. Sympathy it's got that. two broken strings. Take, uh, hit the pause button, go get some bourbon, come back refreshed. He loves us. Let's just do this. This is um, one of the new Age of Heroes books. And let's be honest. I'll be honest. I didn't anticipate this would be anything other than a Jim Lee stroke fest. But it was entirely not that. Um, Written, well, I'll do it the way they do it. Storytellers are Jim Lee... Ryan Benjamin, and James Tinian IV. Inks by Scott Williams, where you see Jim Lee, you see Scott Williams. For sure. And uh, Richard Friend. 
And the color art is by Jeremiah Skipper and Alex Sinclair. It is the first issue of The Immortal Men. As I said, I, I anticipated this book would be very pretty, but not much else because Mr. Lee was attached to it. But after I read it, I have to say I like it the best out of all of the uh, New Age books. Okay. Wow. Now, uh, now, let me just – I'll interject because I know you're going to break it down for us and I want you to. Um, I don't agree with that in the sense that I definitely – there's a few that I enjoy more, but I, but I did enjoy it. So it's it's I'm not I'm I'm not disagreeing with your enjoyment of the book. I'm just disagreeing with the fact that for me, um, at least spe- most specifically, I still like Silencer the best. But that's that's just a more of a subjective thing than a qualitative thing. Over here. Yeah, I like Silencer too, but this to me, um, and and I don't wonder why it's not super high on your list because I think the book is it speaks to a bygone era. It's pulpy. The 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 really he, see uh, that I'd like to hear more about that because I, I didn't make the connection to pulp one way or the other. Okay, I'm not saying you're wrong. I just maybe no, because I'm such there, I'm not a pulp fan, so I haven't read a lot of it. So maybe I just wouldn't even know what that means. Right. Um, there we're immediately introduced to a young man named Caden Park. He's a, a teen son of a well-to-do New York. <laughs> family what up son and um the kids having visions he he sees people of his kind and he he feels different he has something within his genetic makeup that separates him from ordinary human beings and we're not entirely sure what that is yet but um the people of his kind are are hunted and and savagely killed by something we're not shown exactly what it is yet um and he and he finds refuge in this subterranean training facility that he calls the campus it's a not the campus it, it, <laughs> it it's a place where metahumans <laughs> um you know they're trained to fight in this war there there's there's going to be a war going down between two or more opposing factions, right? Um, Humanity has superpowered watchdogs. We don't know this because these characters are immortal. And they they help out and they usher and they push and they nudge and and they just, you know, watch over humanity. But then there's another group of of characters that uh, led by one very... Um, fetching woman who wants to drag everything down and destroy it. And I, 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 I should hate this book because um, one of the people behind the scenes is a character that I have never liked. Ever. Which, which before you go on, I just the chronology here, uh, Vince said to us, hey, I really dug the Immortal Men uh, I'm, I'm gonna give it some love on the show. Depp and I said, "Oh, dope! We'll, you know, we'll we'll put it to the top of the stack. We'll read it. We'll all talk about it." Then I read it uh, yesterday, and I saw said character prominently featured, and thought, "Is this the Twilight <laughs> Zone that they love this book? I mean, this is a character that he 
takes every opportunity on the earth to mock. Because he's goofy. He wrote a comet. He's he's he's, <laughs> a, he's a badass. He's a super caveman who wrote a comet. But which is something you should love. No, it's just dumb. Nobody can I write don't a comet. That. Um but in this instance he's not a villain. True. He's high father. He's someone who is nurturing and 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 helping um these these children cope with their their powers and he's 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 high father and he's professor x right um are we going to tell him who we're talking about vandal savage but but caden uh these visions are really bugging the kid so he goes to see a therapist and and she believes that the visions are nothing more than the young man's coping mechanism. He has an overactive imagination, blah blah blah. Um, but the kid feels that there's more to it than that. You know, uh, he doesn't press the issue with the therapist, but there is much more to the story than his mm-hmm. therapist is aware. Because then we're given a brief glimpse into the. There's a hierarchy going on here. There's um there's houses at war. You have the domain of action. That's Vandal Savage's peeps. And then you have Vandal Savage's sister, who goes by the name of the Infinite Woman. And she presides over the Agents of Conquest, the first house of the Immortals. Um, She's going to destroy anybody that attempts to stop her house from ascending to the top of the food chain. And this person who's trying to stop her is most notably her brother, Vandal Savage, and the immortals under his command. Um, but he's, he seeks to recruit more. And there's where young Caden Park comes in, who prophecy foretells will save the world. And the infinite woman's like, uh, no. So um, <laughs> the, Caden becomes a target. And she has a group of people on her side. Uh, we only get to see two. Uh, one of which is the Batman who laughs. From, yeah. From Meta. I, I just thought that was weird. Especially because I know the character is super popular, but I haven't, I haven't read much of the metal yet. So I, don't, I, I, know, I know the character simply because he seems to be one of those characters that everybody wants to be drawn all of a sudden but i right. i don't know much about him but he's cool because he was one <clears throat> sorry designed by poppy capullo mm-hmm. and two he feeds his robins raw meat like that is cool i don't, I don't know what's going on who these little kids are are they demons are they extra they seem dim- like it they seem like the little nightcrawler guys yeah are they extra dimensional beings i don't care he feed there, there's a battlefield and uh Laughing Batman comes over and he's just talking, you know, he's just shooting the shit. And as he's doing it, he carves a piece of a dead body and, and just throws it at his robins like, that's cool. I, I, I really love that scene. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Batman who laughs is, is uh, one of the uh, agents of conquest. And also, I'll be honest, a Jim Lee cookie cutter character called The Hunt. Oh, 100%. from Excalibur? Straight out of the 90s. Yeah. But but this guy's kind of cool. I mean, he's sleek. He's savage. He's cat-like. He's got funky eyes. Um, he's a warrior and, and, a, and a badass killer, but he can extract information from the battlefield. Like, he'll smell the blood, and he knows 
everything about the deceased, where they were, who they were with, what they're a part of, and and when he's when he's on a battlefield or just amidst carnage, carnage uh, in general, he gets these sensory um, input from sweat, blood, you know, just smells. He's like it's like the puma, and that's I guess a good. Uh, uh, character to to compare him to he's kind of like the puma (laughs) no yeah no i I mean well yes i Mm -hmm. in that sense yes i can i can appreciate the 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 connection there i saw him and i thought he was he he looked just like kylan from excalibur oh yeah oh super yeah right right he did nicely done that so you got the bad the bad dudes under uh, Infinite Woman. We have yet to talk about the good dudes, and they are the only survivors. See, Infinite Woman went in to the the campus, and the 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 hunt totally decimated the place, killed all of these metahumans that were training to to help out, except for four, four escape. And, they, and they're they're awesome. You got a guy called Ghost Fist, who mm. kind of resembles the Shadow a little bit. It's got the fedora, yeah. for, fedora. See, huh. Before, before, yes, you're absolutely right. But when I first saw him, because of the fedora, because of the mask, and because of the the trench coat, I was like, oh, they're they're kind of rebooting Phantom Stranger. And then of course I see the power set, and I'm like, okay, well, no, they're not. Mm. And we only get a little tiny peek at the power set because all we know right now is Ghost Fist, he's a teleporter. Ghost he Fist killer? He has this electrical discharge and he just like whatever's caught in the the, the blast, they teleport, which is kind of neat. But I'm sure there's more to him than that. Um, there's a woman. Sure? I, I'm sure. There's a woman named Timber. She's a, a giant Native American looking woman with a an axe um but it 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 it's a tomahawk only that the handle's a little bit too long to be a tomahawk but yeah. i i i guess <laughs> they they didn't want um you, you know negative connotations <laughs> you have a native american woman with a tomahawk i know right. she she specifically calls it an axe but it's a tomahawk right um you have this toothy giant I'd cross between a cat and a bat called Stray. Uh, my favorite is a gun-toting Mast Avenger in the Moon Knight kind of meets Taskmaster mold, and the dude's name's Reload. He's awesome. Did you not love Reload? I was a fan, for sure. Yeah. Um. So... After all this introduction, I mean, it's a first mm-hmm. issue, right? You got to set the stage. Um, Caden's on a train. He's going to a party. His parents reluctantly allow the kid to go. I mean, he's not even out of high school. And um, he's he's on the train, and he's like, what? He he thinks he sees Vandal Savage what? walk through the train. So he, he follows him, right? And he's like, uh, 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 uh. uh it's not Vandal Savage. It's uh, a, a ruse, a trap set by the infant woman 
and these giant pink lamprey slug xenomorph looking creatures come out of nowhere and they're ah, they're going after young Caden and just when you think they're going to get him you see that familiar it is in page 20 by now you see that familiar crackle and it's ghost fist and his electrical discharge engulfs the train car and who comes into the thing is the immortal men appear to save the day and with one line of dialogue, one, just one, mm-hmm. Reload hooks me for the entire series. He says, it's in the judgment of good men with righteous intent. That's the whole thing. They don't, they're just good men who want to do good. They're fighting the good fight. They're, they're protecting the innocents. They don't need any other, other uh, ulterior motives, right? These are, that's, that is definitely the pulp mold right there. I see. Righteous men who want to do good things. That's it. That's it? That's it. You got me. That's it. It's all right. It's all right. I love this book. Oh, my God. I wish it was double-sized. Wow. And I know what Dap is going to say, so I'm going to put on my costume, and I'm going to be Dap for a second. Okay? Okay. Well, the Jim Lee spreads are pretty good. I mean, it's good Jim Lee art. I, I love this. I love the, the Dap impersonation. No, okay. I don't want. I I I could I could no I could I could do him better. I could do him better. I mean, the the page with the Batman who laughs is great. All the Jim Lee art is great, but there's an obvious difference between the Jim Lee art and the Ryan Benjamin art. I mean, huge. It pulled me right out of the story, and this is Dap talking, not me, because oh, okay. it didn't it, pull yeah, me it out. Didn't pull you out. No, it, it didn't. Pull you out. No. He's close. Okay. He's close. He's, he's, he's not he's not Jim Lee, obviously. Because maybe Jim Lee's wife would be a little salty should Ryan Benjamin slide into the bed, but he's not worlds away. This is not like Gary Panther on one page. Considering we're all from the, the, the Grifter Backlash school of art with, with I mean he, Benjamin worked under Lee. For a while, it, yeah. it's, it's understandable and that you know he, he's a Lee clone. Jim would bring sure. his, his wild but, to, but all he does, it. let's be honest, all Ryan Benjamin does in this issue is basically talking heads. He does he does the Caden pages except for the penultimate page, which shouldn't have been. I'm sorry, not the, the, the third from the last page, which mm-hmm. shouldn't have been done by Lee because then it just seriously puts Benjamin further behind the eight ball. It, it just, um, yeah, I'm, I'm yeah your, 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 your impersonation was, was close. The, the oh, I knew it as I was Dapp, reading it. I'm like, Dap's going to hate this transition. He's going to hate I, it. I, and, and I had to silently laugh when, um, you said you wish it was double sized because then it, we wouldn't, we'd be getting probably more Benjamin pages than, than Lee. It, I, I'm I'm just at a loss as to, uh, I understand the man's busy and you know he's got to mm-hmm. fly overseas to other conventions. Got to Lake Como, fifty thousand dollars commissions. You know, so uh, I get why I guess Jim couldn't do a whole first issue, but I it, this metal's been out for a while now and was going on for a while before they announced this. I, I think he could have done the five pages that Benjamin drew. The um, I think it was more than five, but that's okay. It's okay. I'm I'm rounding I whatever. Yeah, I got a hot take for you as you're as you're collecting your thoughts. I I'm here's my hot take. If Jim Lee wasn't 
the co-president of DC, he would never work in mainstream comics again. Why not? There is no other artist with as concrete an evidence of being literally incapable of doing even four issues on time without fill-ins. And full, yes. That even if that, that gets regular work, he would be reduced to doing covers and he would be paid handsomely to be a regular cover artist, much in the line of Just Art Adams and Adam Hughes. Yeah. And, yeah. and he would get a ton of money and people would love him, but he would have been no editor in their right minds would give him a regular book ever again. He, when is the last time Jim did a book more than four issues in a row without fill-ins? And see, and, and that's just, that that's, they're leading by, how did leading we by segue into this? Because, well, because we had it's relevant. Three... I, that's why it's not my favorite book. I, I, I'm with you. So I, everything you said, I'm with you. I think the story was great. I don't have a connection to the pulpiness of it, but I thought it was well done. I thought the characters we knew were done well. I thought the characters we didn't know were, int- were intriguing, and I, I was sure there were winks to the '90s, but that's fine by me because I love '90s comics. Um, but I'm with that. But I, I and I don't even think Rand Benjamin's a bad artist generally. But I think it's but it's in contrast, two, yeah, it's two parts. In contrast to Jim in the same issue, since he is essentially a Jim acolyte, it just looks like Bad Jim Lee. And secondly, it's infuriating to me, whether it should be or not, that Jim can't fucking do one issue of a book without having someone help him out. It's baffling. Like, I don't understand that. It's crazy to me. They should have had Williams, Inc., Benjamin to at least give it a little bit more of a consistent look. But you've had – there have been three issues of the Terrifics with three artists. One did the first issue – Two did the second issue, and a third did the third issue. And it's it's so if if the if the co publisher can get away with it, why shouldn't why should anybody draw a full issue these days? But it's I it took me. I tried reading this issue when it came out a couple weeks ago. Then Vince was all going home about it, so I tried it again, and <laughs> and I got I, I got a few pages into it, and I had to put it down. It took me a while. I I wish I'll just I don't know if I'll do it from here on out, but I just I'll I'll listen to Vince's recaps of the issue. I'll listen to his reviews because I'll probably enjoy that more than the actual issue. I think I think the idea of of the immortal. I think the characters are pretty cool, but getting to where something actually happened. I I have no connection to Caden. There's absolutely nothing about the character that makes me want to turn the page and go, okay, well, I wonder what he's going to get into this time. I just, it, it was very, this wasn't an easy book for me to get into and, and, and to struggle through to the end. And that's, it, I, I, I love that it is that, that it's floating your boat. Vince. I, I hear that it's, it's your favorite of the new age. And I think about, I think about the terrifics. I think about that. I still have to read the two issues of brimstone. I've enjoyed what I've read of the silencer. Um, but I don't of what I've read so far. I, I, the immortal man is not going to be, um, probably in my top three, but it's still, and, and that's not, that's not entirely because of the art. It's just, it, it, it was, it was the way, uh, I was put into how they set up the scene. I was put into the situation. It just, it, it wasn't, 
I, I've I've read plenty of first issues and and I've either been grabbed from the first page or I, I follow along and 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 before I'm too far into it, I got to see where it's going. This was this was one of those that that was I I stumbled with it for a bit and and yes there there are some good parts in there and you hit on all of them and I think the introduction of the characters and and the lead designs are are solid but um, there isn't enough there before I get to the least stuff and the things that are eye candy that, that um, made me want to keep going on. I liked it. I know. And I, I love that you did, bro. Okay, I, I, don't I, be I, acting like, I, I, I said I like the issue. Just, this doesn't live and die with me, man. I just, it's just uh, yeah, the issue is fine. And frankly, I, I, I can, I think this is a book I would enjoy if someone else, well, when someone else draws it. Um, <laughs> the Jim Lee thing is just the Jim Lee thing. I, I don't, right. I, I, you know, I know that like people like Mario, like they don't like Jim Lee, and and I get that. And and uh, look, I'm a I'm a Rob Liefeld fan. I get a lot of people don't like his work. Like that's fine. I'm I'm not. This isn't a um, my commentary isn't a commentary on Jim Lee. It's quite the contrary. I I regardless of my own personal feelings, and I'm fine with Jim's art. Jim is a major draw. He is one of the few artists that sell books. Yes, people buy his books because they want to see him draw. And I just do not understand. He's like Todd. I don't like, at least Todd just stopped drawing. Like, like I don't, I don't understand how he can't do an issue. I, it, it really does irk me. I don't know whether it should or not, but it irks me. Like, why, why would, Dan, why would Dan Todd have the to... responsibility? So why? it's like, why, why can't you do it? Let, let, let Dan be the publisher for today. You be the artist. And tomorrow you can go back to being co-publisher. But come on, let's put things into perspective, which I think Mr. Lee is doing. Do I sit down and draw 22 pages of this comic or do I do 12 oh, okay. and, and, keep piloting the good ship DC. Like, well, wait a minute, though, um, but hold on. But, but, but again, it's do it's, then it's do as I say, not as I do, because sure, of course it is. They, they get on their high yes. horse just a few months ago and said, we will not tolerate late books. If we have to fire guys, we have to put in fill-ins. We will do it. We will, you know, people have to hold to a schedule and then don't this. Here's my issue. And this is why I think it is worthy of criticism and why it should be part of this discussion. This series, as you noted, when you did the introduction credits, this entire line is about the idea of putting the art first. Mm-hmm. Specifically, it's about the idea that at a minimum, the the illustrators are on equal footing. But frankly, the way they've marketed it, it's that the illustrators are the reason you're buying the book. So if that's the case, then you can't give me the guy that people actually want to see by the book. And then when I get it, I get his chappy app doing 10 of the pages. <laughs> That is not fair. <laughs> dick. That is not fair. No, it's not. You're right. But I'm a simple man. I mean, I mean, you throw pulp-esque characters at me and a bunch of really good Jim Lee images. Sure. With 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 some very adequate though uninspired Ryan Benjamin art. I'm happy and the book only costs 2.99. Look, and again, to be clear, I think people should read the book. I was entertained by the yes. first issue. I will read the second issue. It, and it, it is it is the criticism of Jim. I will is, read is the, the second issue as well. I, it's I, not. It's not like 
it's an annoyance, but it doesn't make me not want to enjoy the book. I, I, the book was totally fine. Like I said, I, I mean, I'm with David. I, I, I would, as I said, I, the silencer for me is great, and and I, the Terrifics is in its own. I actually forgot that Terrifics was part of this group because I <laughs> love that so much on its own. But that would certainly be at the top of the list right. for me. I mean, we got three issues of the Terrifics so far. Mm-hmm. So if I put the first issue of the Immortal Men and the f- three issues of the Terrifics on a scale, yes, just quantity, just in terms no, of even quantity. The first issue, of the the first issue was phenomenal. The second issue was awesome. Right. But it's the promise of what these characters are. And, right. And where they, that, that, I'm, I'm, a, I'm an old fashioned guy. You know, I, I, listen, I, don't, I, I don't care how many people draw the second issue. I will be back for whatever, where, where it's going. It was, it was, it was, it was a cliffhanger. I, there was, because you are so gung ho about it. I, I'm going to give it another shot. And, and the, the nitpicks I have, don't outweigh the good that I, I enjoyed. And and I'm going to go back to the pages that I kind of glossed over. And now that you said your piece on them, I'm, I'm going to mm-hmm. apply that and, and see if there's a different cool. takeaway. Just because I, I don't, I don't want to give it the short shift. And I don't, I, you know, just that there's three of us talking about a book and I don't, I, I know listeners like to say you know the 11 o'clock guy said and it could just be <laughs> one of us naysaying something and the other two were like you know it, it, 66% of 11 o'clock comics thinks it's great but uh, one person's like yo 11 o'clock said it sucked and it's like bro I, well, I just you know 33% of 11 o'clock met with the uh, in in New York but it was still called <laughs> the 11 o'clock comics no 11 o'clock comics meet no apologies <laughs> Uh, where did the frig wow. did that come from? A wound? Is there a wound here? No. Jeez. <laughs> I mean, wow. Talk about I mean, unearthing dark, dark feelings. No, who loves you, buddy? Um, uh, we got to meet soon. Wait, 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 wait what? what you, who loves me, buddy? I didn't put that label out there. Sure you did. No, Raph. That was Raph. Oh, it was, it was yeah. Raph? Say yeah, no more. Dude, are you kidding? Say no more. Holy <laughs> shit, dude. <laughs> I should have known. I said I had drinks with yes. no apologies, guys. Oh, okay. Wow. It's back amazing. You just build a grudge is old against me. <laughs> Phantom grudge. Yeah, build a grudge. It's like build a, build a bear, only only it's better. It's, it's the, like build a figure. Yeah. Uh, um, but, okay. When the dust settles and we get the 12 issues of this run and it's, and it's expired, which I'm guessing that's what's going to happen. If we get 12, mm-hmm. it's going to be a lot... I, I seriously want a Ghost Fist and Reload series. These two characters are great. I don't know enough about Timber and, and Stray. Stray just seems like a, you know, just the bestial monster cat, bat werewolf thing. I mean, <laughs> maybe we'll get a backstory. I hope we do. Um, mm-hmm. But for right now, it's Ghost Fist and Timber. Or, um, sorry. Uh, reload. Reload's great. So lonely. So yeah, nice. I mean, check it out. Yes, it, please. It, do. I think it came out what two weeks ago. Yeah, yeah something like that. Yeah, it's monthly. It's not. It's not one of their biweekly books. Monthly. <laughs> Month. 
Word. Yeah. So what are you guys jonesing on? Um, yeah, I, it was, it was weird. Um, I don't think you, no, because, because I'm kind of feeling the way Vince was earlier in the week. It's like, he's like, yo, Dap, you got to read this because I don't know if it's the same continuity or what's up. And I'm like, and, and I, I'm, I'm uh, talking about holding grudges. I'm trying to not hold it against you that you kind of had me read. Spectacular Spider-Man 303. So oh, it was weird, damn. wasn't it? Oh, dude, I don't. It I just I'm weird. like dropped in the middle or the the end of something, and it's it two characters from the present day or in the past, and then it's it's I guess Aunt May knows that Peter. I'm just yeah. I don't, what is that I'm about? Like, I don't. And and you know I like I like Kenonis. I I I I enjoy his work, but this wasn't up to snuff as far as i'm concerned i wasn't I, I wasn't feeling the action sequences the sequentials weren't weren't strong for me and and yes of course it it, it already has has a taint to it because it's written by zadarsky and i'm just trying to this just i read this and i'm just like then then two and one is basically the exception to the rule because i i'm i'm, I'm digging that but anything else anybody puts in front of me that ship writes on my i it's it's a whiff but he's a charles soul he he really is and and it's i you know i I read it thinking you know okay well let's see what it's because yes i when you asked if it's if it's in the same 616 i'm yes because it's there was that free comic book day snippet last year with with, with when he and, and Mary Jonah. Jane met her no 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 well yeah I think well that was the whole thing with the the conversation they had at the cafe with Ifin and and that was yeah yeah so um you know, there were some cute moments there and and I'm like okay well you know I I'll just if I want to read Spidey I'll go back to slots Spidey that's fine and I when you asked about the whole continuity thing, like I said, I, I just like, you know, amazing and web of coexisted the same, same things, same character, same universe. It's just parallel storylines going on at the same time. It, this is in my mind, the same thing. And, and all I got out of this issue is that yes, Jonah still knows that Peter is Spidey, but as far as whatever the hell, However, they got to this past Queens. I, I just, I don't, I, I think I was time travel is involved, right? And, and it's got to be, but yeah. I don't know if, I mean, they, they, they think secret, I thought Secret Wars was supposed to like collapse everything because there's no more Ultimate Universe and that's why Miles is here. And I don't know what universe this, if this is, because May does not know that Peter Parker and Spider Man are the same person, but yet here, if this Peter Parker even continues to be Spider-Man. So I was just like, I, I almost had a headache when I was done with the issue. <laughs> and he's got a sister? Yeah. What? Wait, Peter's got a sister? Yeah. Yes. Wait, what? Yeah, I, yeah th- thank you. That, I'm just I. yeah. I. It just seems I, like unnecessary convolution <laughs> of, of um, Existing information, like why yeah. do mm-hmm. why does Peter need a sister? Is that, oh, slots going out with a bang. Let me let, let me let me screw something up. Yeah, do we do we not learn from past 
uh, mistakes with Peter's parents. Like we never needed to see Peter's parents. No. E- ever. That's for sure. Yeah, it's it's just strange. And you know, I'm I'm not a huge fan of um Quinones. I, I don't I, I don't Yeah, I'm not, I'm not a fan. I don't dislike it, but I, I it doesn't really do anything for me. He did that Zaytana thing which was really tight and right, but everything else I've ever seen of him wasn't my thing. Well, he did the um, he did the it's, Green Lantern serial in, in Wednesday's comics, which I really liked. And, oh, and, that's true. Yeah, you're and, right. Yeah, I, but I this like is a bit too spare like for me, right? And that's yeah, that, that's what I'm saying. Like the sequential, and I don't know whether it just it was it was uh, the the mashing of or the meshing of of the writer and the artist, and they didn't. I but yeah, I just mm-hmm. it. I don't. It's weird. Maybe Maris could have drawn it. I don't know. It just would have been. They're broken up, bro. I know. It, it just. Uh, I. It feels unpleasant. Which is not something I want a Spider-Man book to feel. Uh huh. It 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 feels I, it feels weird and strange and wrong and it's really uncomfortable. A character like Spider-Man can't hold more than one book down. Oh yeah, okay. <laughs> it's a Wolverine. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! I'll worry, I'll worry about I'll worry about Spider-Man when Soul starts writing. Oh well, it's probably coming. It is, I'm sure. Nice. But yeah, no, I didn't mind bringing your room down. I just when when you asked, you know, what was floating my boat, that came to mind just because I I had it on my list and Vince asked me to read it. But mm-hmm. no, no hard feelings, Bill. <laughs> you know what? While we got the room down low, oh no, I'm going to keep it low. Come on, ju- dude. just so what? Well, wait, just We're so picking it up, man. Th- this is going to be this is going to be very very quick, and and it will be a testament to my honesty. Since this man has been a guest on our show many times. Oh, no. What you going to do right now? I'm talking about Bloodshot. Clear this first. No, I'm talking about Bloodshot Salvation number seven. Come on. Now, this is hilarious because I could have sworn you were giggling right there with me when I when when I talked about this issue. And then you so you finally read it. I finally and read I, it. I, I, I thought I thought you read it when I was talking about it. That's no, crazy. No, I didn't. Because um, I was talking about the sound effects and how everything and and you you were right there with me. It's so weird. Was it late in the episode? I don't know. I yes. don't remember. I don't remember reading this. You had prior, a hot box one by then. Prior. <laughs> Big old dick. <laughs> um, you know, I don't even think the artistic team should be credited. On this issue, uh, here, oh my god! Here, no, you're right. Here's the here's the issue in a nutshell. Uh, Bloodshot enters the dead side, and he's blind. Mm-hmm. He can't see anything. That's what people who are blind. That's what happens to them. The entire issue mm-hmm. is black. Yeah. So it's the anti-snow blind issue with yeah. with, with Bert. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. All all the panels have. Dialogue balloons, sound effects. Um, I don't think there's. Are there any narrative captions? I don't know. I don't. I really no, don't. No, because it's just it's the sound effects. It's him talking and 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 reaching for Bloodhound or the baby. Um, yeah, you get one and, image at the end. That's, yeah, that's beautiful. Yep. Uh, by Renato Guedes. It is mm-hmm. gorgeous. The entire issue is black, save for the maybe. There's a double page spread that looks like it took someone, probably Jeff, about three minutes tops to draw. Mm. Now, 
conceptually, I'm a sucker mm-hmm. for concept. But if I'm paying four bucks for something and you give me 20 pages of black, I'm going to be a little pissed. Understandably, I'm I'm only three but, to five. So I mean, it, it's uh, I yes, you're absolutely. I I I don't disagree. It's like if 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 you're a Renato fan and you get that issue, yes, I'd be, I God help the motherfucker who tries to sell original art from that issue. But there are there. I thought it did a solid job mm-hmm. of of evoking that 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 feeling you're you're getting as as you're just because you. It, it's almost in, in in a world that everybody loves the whole found footage thing. It's like you know you're 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 experiencing this the way Ray is, and and he's blind, and you don't know what's going. You have to rely on the splashing of the water, on the scraping against the rocks of of. Uh, and so I you're think, saying you get where they were coming from. Absolutely, abs- And I but I completely get Vince's attitude towards it if, if you want to call it that but yes i i think what 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 jeff and and the team did with that issue i think it 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 absolutely nailed it with what it was trying to accomplish that's mm-hmm. okay but to me it smacks of the dreaded deadline doom no i didn't this, get that at all this issue seemed to me like an 11th hour holy shit we got to do something um taking myself out of the the fan chair. Mm-hmm. If I if I was ever in the retailer's chair, I would be majorly pissed. If I ordered mm-hmm. if I ordered this issue to the point where I would be like, okay, if I was a retailer of any kind of significance and you pull this shit again, I'm done with Valiant. I will not order wow. your books. It's it's Damn. dude, it's twenty pages of black. Listen, I'm not saying it wrong, my man. I haven't read it yet. I'm just saying like that's strong words. And and I love the concept. The concept is great. Could there not be a little bit of light leak into his into his um you know corneas or his retina? How about a little, just a little bit, just just artfully, a, a tiny little glimmer of something in each panel? Mm-hmm. You know, just flat black. They're flat, freaking black. It's it's twenty pages of flat black. I I can't I can't have this. It's it's a visual medium. And yes, okay, the character is blind. That's great. But I'm not paying 4 bucks for 20 pages of black. Mhm. It's it's just ridiculous. And I so I I I, I in a sense paid $4 for a concept. Thank you. Right. I'll remember this. Well, I don't know. Kept it 100. I, I had to keep it, and I love Jeff. I think Jeff is great, um, but mm-hmm. I thought this issue was the suck. And and you know me, I'm the biggest valiant cheerleader out there. Yes, yes. This yes. issue was a travesty. Mm. This is one of the reasons why Kaziki waves <laughs> his finger at me when no, I. No, Kaziki waves his finger because it's funny to him that Daryl and Campbell love the. Valiant so much, and Kiziki part owns a comic store, and he knows that the, they don't they don't sell anything on them. So, but but I'll I'll keep it honest. I hated you know I mean? this issue. I hated it. Wow. Yep. It's hard for you to hate hate a comic. It is true. You rarely that, hate a comic. It's very true. Moving on. Let's bring it up. Let's elevate. Uh, did you guys want to touch on the end of uh, 
Avengers No Surrender? Because I... the new Avengers number one by Jason A. Aaron uh, and Ed, Ed McGuinness uh, and Mark Morales uh, came out this uh, this today. It did. Or yesterday. It did, yeah. I haven't read the number one yet, but I did. Uh, I, I read the last two chapters of No Surrender over the weekend. Yes, so 689 and 690 you're talking about. Yes. Um, yes. And, and Pepe Larraz came back to to finish up the arc. Um, and it was, it was, I, 689 was great because it, it pretty much, that was, 690 is kind of, kind of an epilogue. And I, I think I, I, I like the way um, the three writers, uh, they, they set things up and, and they move things along and, and, they made it so that whoever wants to work with some of these characters again has has something um, right to build on from, and I think that was that was fantastic. But the story itself was stellar. I cannot wait to get that hardcover and flip through the pages as as instead of having to wait week after week, but just it's it was it was so good. It, it wasn't you know again it's not as telling you over the weekend. It, it it may not be what you would consider. Um, one of the greatest Avenger stories when you compare them to like the Kree Scroll War or 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 Masters of Evil storyline or wherever you may have started reading Avengers, we all kind of have that 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 spot where it didn't get any better than that. But this is this scratches an itch where it was grand in scope and and it's. Everybody who was part of it, uh, as far as the characters, uh, everybody served the purpose. It was it, and it and it moved along at a really good clip. I think everybody involved in making that story um, did a stellar job, and and it, it consistently looked great. I I have absolutely zero complaints, even with the length of it. I don't have a problem with No Surrender at all. Yeah. Well, I would say that for for me, this so this collected version, so no surrender, which has already been solicited in the hardcover. Uh, this Avengers Forever and Rage of Ultron, which was the OGN by Opinia and uh, oh, Ross right. and Remender. Yeah. Yeah. To me, those are the three best modern Avengers standalone stories. Now, I'm ex- I'm explicitly excluding Hickman's run because it was massive. I mean, yeah, I nice. I loved Hickman's Avengers run. I think it's fantastic, but uh, you know, that is an investment. I mean, that is like, oh, I'm going to sit down and read Astro City or I'm going to sit down and read 100 Bullets. I mean, that is probably, what, uh, four or five years worth of comics, yeah. including an event at the end. So so I, I, I don't want to I don't want the statement I just made to belittle what I thought of Hickman's run. I thought that was terrific. But if you just like if you just happen to be watching the Avengers movies and you haven't read much Avengers and you just want to read some comics that, about the Avengers, I would say this is now joined for me. Avengers Forever, which you can get in a great hardcover, and Rage of Ultron, which is an OGN um, in its initial conception, uh, as the three that you could just pick up without any worry about continuity and read it. Everything you need is is in is in the story. You don't. Yeah. I mean, and like any great, uh, this is where I think comics. This is where you really. This is why I think this book deserves a lot of praise because I think for OG heads like ourselves that have read a million Avengers books. Uh, this book pays off in ways that you wouldn't pay off if you just read it standalone. 
but it also works really well as a standalone. And that's, I think, when you're doing in-continuity comics, that's the holy grail. When you can give me an arc where, you know, and for me, that would be more like a DC book, where if you guys said, hey, you know, pick up this this, this run of Justice League. I haven't read a ton of Justice League, so if I could just pick up an arc and enjoy it for what it is, but you all get some more out of it because there's little hints to stuff that you know happened in the past, that's a win for us all, and I think that's what this Avengers No Surrender did. 16 issues, it's... They explain everything you need to know. They even explain who the elders are. That you don't you don't need any backstory. Right. Yeah. But we had backstory, and I think that we were we got it's like bonus content. We got like bonus content because we had back history, but but it, it wasn't you didn't need the history to uh, to have enjoyed it, and that's awesome. Yeah, you definitely. I everything you knew what the threat was. You knew what yep. the challenge was. You 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 didn't need to know what's what you didn't need to read. Civil War Two. You didn't need to read Secret Empire. You didn't need anything else. These mm-hmm. are the players. You get the roll call at the beginning of each issue. Uh, you, you you pretty much know who. Now I'm not I'm not entirely. I I know that Synapse has been around since uh, at least the. I I remember Stegman drawing her during the Deadpool Avengers days, and um, I don't really know who Tony is. Uh, so there were a couple of characters that were kind of new, and I don't, I have no idea who the general is, who's the new Red Hulk, but I still knew, I still the US know Avengers. who, okay, I know who the Red Hulk is, so I, I, I get the power set, I know, you know, how important, so there were, there, there's enough there. He's like our man, he's got an hour to be the Hulk. Okay. Um, everything is there, and and they even explained it, you know, he's like, listen, I got an hour to do, so it, it's, it's not. It's damage. It, it it's definitely. Oh, is it? Yeah. Same thing. Damage okay. has a, has an hour in that form. Um. Oh, the new. The new the new era of superhero. Oh yeah. Damage, okay. Yeah. Um. That's why I wouldn't know that. The the um. Yeah. I. I as far as standalones, though. Yeah. No. I. I. That's. Jason's picks are are, are pretty damn solid. Respect. How does that happen, dude? He knows his adventures. You <laughs> he know. does. Yeah, yeah he's he got does. like eighty jams going on. Number one, since y'all haven't read it yet, I won't go too into it. But uh, I have it. It, it's, 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 it's quirky. Yeah, a little bit. It's, it's quirky. I mean, this isn't the first time we're seeing the Avengers one million BC, and and I have incredible faith in Jason, so I'm along for the ride. Um. And it always sounds stupid to question the, uh, like it's always ridiculous to to make a statement like, well, that would never happen because it's superhero comics, so like none of the stuff would ever happen. But it it it's it, it's initially a struggle for me that these characters existed. I don't know how I feel about <laughs> about like there being a Ghost Rider and a Phoenix and, um, you know a. a Agamotto, you know, a, a Sorcerer Supreme and, and a, a Black Panther and all these things like hanging out together a million years ago. I'm not, I'm not sure if I like the idea of those being totems, but um, but again, Jason is certainly uh, he pretty much never never goes wrong. So I, right. I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna see where it where it goes because I do think that this is going to be a recurring thing at least for an arc or two. Um, but yeah, I just I, I definitely need some convincing. It, it's Seems a little weird to me. It was a little spider to, spider totem to me. <laughs> I do like McGinnis a lot. 
I believe yes. that he scratches that same area that Kirby does for me. Mm-hmm. The, the power and the 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 colossal and the big and the grandeur and the the massive that McGinnis is in that ballpark. But and there are pages, there are spreads in this issue that that do um, evoke those kind of feelings, but. There's a lot of pages in this book where he's not bothering with backgrounds. I mean, he's he's playing with layout just to wiggle around having to draw a background in some panels. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just like some some spreads are incredibly detailed and wondrous, and then you'll get three pages of talking heads. Yeah. You know, and the the thing that really bothered me was a half page to show uh, a city skyline and three drinks. Do we really need a half a page for that? I mean, that's the editor in me, or, or the the uh, the art director in me. Three page, uh, a half a page to show three drinks on a bar. Well, they could have blacked out all the pages. It's kind of well, no, it's just kind of silly when you have an artist. You know, of Ed's caliber, who two pages before does the Avengers BC and there's a giant and it's beautiful. And it's just it's it just it's one of those jaw dropping images that's like, holy crap, this is what very few people can do. And then two pages later, you get three glasses on a bar top. Mm-hmm. Well, like, it depends whatever. on what he was depends on when he was drawing them, because if he started the issue before the Super Bowl. But then, as the Patriots kept playing, then maybe he just got less interested as the issue progressed. And you know what? I kind of blame Bendis for this. Because, oh, really? Why is that? Yeah, because before Bendis, the the human side of the heroes, huh? they're, they're just sitting around watching TV and chatting and stuff. That wasn't played up as much. Mm-hmm. After Bendis, you know, they had they had worries and fears and recriminations and downtime and they like to play, you know, Ms. Pac-Man and stuff. And it's just that stuff's great, but I don't want like m- more than one page of that mm-hmm. in the Avengers. Right. You know, in a book that that's suited for, then then fine. But the Avengers, we already know who these characters are. They've been around forever you really kind of don't need character embellishment when it's the Avengers, when you have mm-hmm. Thor, Tony Stark and Steve Rogers talking, you know, they, it's like Bruce Wayne and, and, and um, Clark Kent in a room, you know who these characters are. Yeah. Maybe I'm just being superficial, but I, I don't want to see the Avengers sitting around talking about, you know, did you vote? I'm like, I, I don't care. <clears throat> Did you vote? So there you go. But you know the arts. The arts cool. Did you see that that cosmic Ghost Rider? Yeah, that looks really cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Should I order that? Of course. I'm talking about single issues. Should I get it? Yes, of course. Donny Cates, right. baby. I like Donny. Yep. Uh, and where did they? And where did that character first appear? Thanos. Yeah, it's uh, that's right. Yeah, do you not remember uh, who it is? 
who the alter ego is? Mm-hmm. No, well, I haven't read any of Donnie Thanos yet. We, I I, mean, I, I looked through yeah. it. I looked through it, but I didn't read it. Who's the alter ego? I'm gonna spoil it for you. Come on. I, I thought we had talked about the show briefly because it was like clever, but uh, it's Frank Castle. That's right. Ooh, I'm gonna order it then. I know, dude. It's very proud. Yeah, I'm. That's that's like that. That's a goddamn Reese's peanut butter cup of comic books right there for me. Pretty much. Goddamn. Yeah. Only thing that's missing is if he had web shooters. And the cool thing about it is he's got a helmet on, but the the skull is flaming inside the helmet. Like right. that is really mm-hmm. neat. I hope this character takes off. I would rather see Cosmic Ghost Rider than Gwenpool. Like if you're gonna do a oh, derivative, course, absolutely. Yeah, if you're gonna do a derivative character, then this one is inventive. Yeah, I agree. Agreed, my dude. So what else do we have? Uh, I gotta give a little mention to something, um, because it was a special month a few months ago when we got the previews and my girl Domino one number one was solicited and we talked about that first issue, but that wasn't the only Domino solicited that month. Oh. There was also, to my knowledge, the first ever and only trade paperback. Oh, uh, that's right. Officially titled X-Men colon Domino. <laughs> colon. <laughs> there you go. And it collects all of Domino's previous solo appearances, which is to say it is not a very large trade paperback. <laughs> um, specifically, it collects Domino number one through three from 1997, Domino number one through four from 2003, X-Force, Sex and Violence, number one through three. And then um, basically half issues from X-Force and Cable Annual 95, A&X number 10, and Uncanny X-Men Annual number one. Um, Ian Churchill? Look, I, what? Did Ian Churchill draw the um, the Cable uh, Domino thing? Uh, don't think so. Uh, you've got... X-Force and Cable Annual 95 was written by Todd DeZago with uh, art by Derek Gross. Okay. Uh, the Domino 90, the 97 series, her first ever named series, uh, again, which lasted a whopping three issues, was uh, written by Ben Robb with pencils by David Perrin and inks by Harry Candelario. Again, we're, uh, we're not exactly talking uh, Hall of Famers here. Um, Domino... Numbers one through four in 2003 was um, co-plotted and scripted by Joe Pruitt. But um, the other co-plotter and artist who we know because we met the man and I bought pages from him from the series, uh, Mr. Brian Stelfries. Uh, X-Force Sex and Violence one through three was by Kyle and Yost with art by Gabriel Delato. And that was essentially a, a direct, I don't even know why it wasn't, it's just, just three of the issues, but it was when they were doing um, Uncanny X-Force together. Uh, and this was essentially just three more issues of that book in, in many ways. Uh, the A-plus X number 10 story was written in, and drawn by Adam Warren of uh, Empowered fame. And the uh, Uncanny X-Men annual was written and drawn by Anthony Piper. So um, not exactly a murderer's row of, of creators. 
And I have to be honest with all of you, because I do keep it 100, unless you are the Domino fan that I am, or a total Marvel completist, this is not a trade you need to pick up. Um, I had read this stuff all previously, but it had been a while for most of it. I sat down and reread the whole thing, and it's, it's, most of it's rough. It's, yeah. it's, it's rough stuff. Um, especially visually. It's it's pretty rough visually for uh I can't imagine the Adam Warren being rough. The Adam Warren I mean I'm a fan of his cartooning, but the story is is, is corny. It's 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 doesn't really even befit the character. Um it's <laughs> more like even, what does that well, even it's mean? More, it's more like what if that was like what if Adam Warren inserts Domino into his empowered universe. Oh neat. I'd read that. It sounds better than it is. Okay. Um, but I, I guess my takeaway here to anyone listening that was curious about this book, uh, do yourselves a favor and either pick up the sex and violence issues on their own, or if you're a Marvel Unlimited um, subscribers, you can read the issues there. But uh, those three issues stand up. They're great. Delato um, is one of those guys that commands an insane amount of money. Not only for his art, but his variant covers go for thousands of dollars inexplicably. Um, he's right up there with J. Scott Campbell as like king of the variants. Um, I don't know that I've seen him do interiors very much in the last bunch of years. In fact, this is the last time I remember him doing interiors, at least that I've read. Um, that's a fun book. It's sexy as hell. Uh, you know, it's, it, the people don't know Del Otto style. He's a painter. Uh, it's uh, Domino. And, and Wolverine hit the skins in this book. So there is both sex and violence. Uh, it's a great caper story. So those three issues are dope, but everything else, highly forgettable. And it's it's very 90s, you know? Um, like in the first story, Domino is basically fighting against Arcade, but it's 90s extreme Arcade. Arcade has yeah. got a giant Cheshire-like smile. He's, half of his face is scarred like Two-Face. Uh, no idea why. I presume it was in continuity at the time. Don't know when and how that happened. Um, so yeah, so so it was. It's it's nice for me to have this. It feels good. I'm happy that my girl got got the love here. Uh, the cover to the book is great. It's a Ken Lashley uh, cover that was, I believe, uh, the, the, it was a variant cover to an X Men annual from last year. Um, I actually bid on the original artwork of this a few months ago and lost. But I do like the image quite a bit. Um, the Stealthy stuff is a little dated, um, but I, I did. I think that as well. Um, so yeah, it's a mixed bag for sure. Um, not high priority, but still, I needed to shout it out. Fun fact, mm-hmm. which probably will surprise you. I do own the three issue Domino series from '97. Well, I'm not surprised. I presume you own most Marvel stuff unless you've sold it or given it away. Well, there was a time when I just bought yeah. all of the X-Books blanket, right. and that was one of them. Yeah. Sabretooth and Mystique, like, I, don't, I have no idea why I would ever buy these things. Mm-hmm. But I did, and and there you go. There you go. And I did say fun fact. I hate myself for it. Just <laughs> <Ow. laughs> dick. This dick. Uh, should I do my thank you? My second thank you? Why not? Okay. Yeah. I got I to gotta frame it, though. Oh. Yeah, you do. I 
Uh, okay. If yeah. you re- if you remember, a um, couple of months back, we had a special deal with the uh, collectors dot com, the uh, comic database software, CLZ, and uh, I, I I use it. I love it, and um, I've been entering my collection in this database. And I look at the number of issues of Spawn that I have, and I started feeling bad that I dropped the book because I have 273 concurrent issues of Spawn. True. And uh, the reason why I dropped the book was because I don't like the the visual stylings of Simon Kudransky. I don't like them at all. I, I feel that Spawn is a book with, regardless of how you feel about the character, Spawn is a book with an impeccable artistic pedigree. Todd McFarlane, Greg Capullo, Philip Tan, um, Eric Larson. Wow. Like you just go down mm-hmm. the, the, the list of all of the Angel Medina, all, all of the Liam Thank Sharp. Angel Medina. All of the guys that have worked on Spawn, um, many of them are legends. And oh, geez. I, I don't know what Todd, he must be Simon Kudransky's uncle or godfather oh, yeah. wow. or something. <laughs> like, I, I don't know why Todd would employ this dude to work on his, wow. on his baby. I don't. Yeah. The, the, the guy is just, he's bad. Um, it, Photoshop is very much his friend and he would couch everything in darkness to the point where you couldn't make out what was going on. The sequentials are pitiful. And yet Todd continues Jesus. to use this guy. So I, I said, you know what, if Todd, clearly does, you need to own these issues. Um, I do own the Kodransky issues and this is what kills me. He worked on 30 concurrent issues of spawn he in effect he killed the book for me um so there was a point where i had had enough and i said you know what i'm not going to keep throwing money at kudransky because todd obviously doesn't care about the book anymore Mm -hmm. if he lets this guy work on it so i'm done i'm finished that doesn't always hold true because um jason sean alexander came on the book whose work I really like. Um, I don't think it fits in the Spawn mold, but it's not Kudransky. And it's and, and Alexander's exceptional. So even though it's not in that um, Greg Capullo uh, turn the page and just gaze at this badass, magnificent image, Jason Sean Alexander brings a Vertigo-esque sensibility to Spawn, which I'm down with that. That's cool. At least it's not. And, and I hate to do this because Alexander's a very fine artist. He's wonderful. He's, he's um, Sienkiewicz meets um, Bisley meets a little bit of, of uh, James Jean. Like he, he, he knows anatomy. He can draw beautiful women. And yet he gets sloppy like, like Sienkiewicz. Or Jim Mafood with, with, with text effects. He's very good. So he brings like a vertigo, mature, 
elevated sensibility to the book. Everything that Kudransky's not. He's Alexander's not boring. He's not cookie cutter. He's not. Alexander's up to the task. Let's just put it that mm-hmm. way. So I said, all right, I'll give it a shot. I'll read an issue and see if, if I want to jump back on Spawn. I read it. I I loved it. Um, for what it was, it's not perfect. Remember, this is Spawn. Um, so I, I, I had to hunt down the 10 or so issues that I missed. And a colossus among men, Mr. Derek Coward, stepped up and provided some of the issues that I was missing. Um, I now have filled in all the gaps. So I went back and I read Spawn 275 to 283, um, which incorporates the Dark Horror arc, which ushers in Jason Shaw and Alexander, and a new writer, which may be a pseudonym for Todd. I don't know. Uh, the, the, the person's name is Darag Savage. Which I find it hard to believe that someone off the street named Durag Savage would want to write Spawn, but it, it could be a pseudonym, pseudonym, maybe not, but whatever. Right. Um, the story's written by uh, Mr. Savage and Todd McFarlane, illustrated by Jason Sean Alexander, and as always, the letters are by David Tom Orzakowski. Yes, Tom Orzakowski. <laughs> so the the premise is. That um, Al, Al Simmons, who we all know is Spawn, believes that Cyan is in grave danger. The the nasties um, who hate Spawn want to do damage to everything Spawn loves. And Spawn does love Cyan, not his daughter, but it did. she did come out of Wanda. So, <clears throat> so Cyan is okay in Al's book. And so he, he says to Terry... Um, Terry Fitzgerald, Cyan's father. Y- you know, she's in danger. We got to get her out of here. Let's send her to Tokyo <laughs> to live with a Japanese family. Now, anything that would want to hurt Cyan is either a demon or an angel, both of which could probably get to her in Tokyo or, you know, Scranton, Pennsylvania or. Nutley, New Jersey. Like it doesn't matter where Cyan goes. These things are 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 paranormal beings. They could probably have got it. It doesn't matter. For the sake of the story, Cyan is sent to Tokyo to live with the Onizaka family, and you know she's getting along okay. But she starts to see a ghost, a young lady, and it looks like the ghost is trying to communicate with her. It's like. You know, science like, what well, am I losing my mind? What's going on? I, I, I don't, I don't understand. Um, a wrinkle in in the in the narrative. There's a um, a pet shop in Tokyo that's not a pet shop. It's a front. Um, unlucky humans that you know somehow fall in this pet shop are are taken, caged, tortured, and ultimately fed. To a giant captive demon. Why? Well, the the corporal corporeal remains of the victims, the flesh, the blood, the bone, all that earthly stuff gets digested by the demon, and its excrement 
makes a drug that's extremely potent. See, Spawn recently locked um, the dead zone. And all of the angels and the demons that were on Earth are now trapped there. They can't go back from whence they came. So they got bored. What the hell are we going to do here? So they went into business selling this drug. Um, but there's a byproduct to the drug. After the demon eats the bodies and shits out the drug and blah, 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 the byproduct, there's a lot of spirits running around, a lot of ghosts. And it is it is Japanese culture, so ghosts play a very important part in it. Um, so this ghost tries to communicate with Cyan, who has latent powers. Now, Cyan's a, a teen now. shows us how old we are. When we first started reading Spawn, Cyan was a baby. Now she's a teen. And um, she also has problems with substance abuse. She's been in, in, in rehab, but, you know, why wouldn't she? Her uncle Al is a, which she doesn't know until this arc. Um, weird things happen around Cyan. Mom has Wanda has has recently been killed during mm-hmm. the, during the the stint that John Boy Myers was working on the book. There's another artist you can add to that laundry list of of great artists that have touched Spawn. John Boy Myers. Um, Wanda's dead. She's killed. And and Spawn did this big thing where he went to, to rescue her, went to hell, blah, 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 tried to get her out, and Wanda didn't want to come back. Um, so Cyan has been through the ringer. But there's a gang war going on. The, it goes back to angels and demons. That's, that's, that's the, the bedrock of Spawn, angels versus demons, right? Um, so so these, these ethereal beings, these supernatural beings are stuck on earth and so they do a little business and who in tokyo is their main competitor the yakuza so they start using humans that were passed through the pet shop as human bombs living bombs to eliminate the the yakuza and um spawn was kind of depowered for a stretch um but in 275 this is where it gets really strange but really important because Todd has plans other than Spawn for this character. Um, Cyan started her eyes all whited out and she started speaking to Spawn in something other than that wasn't his voice, her voice. And she says, you know, um, it's not the costume that's the power. It's you. It's always been you. Um, the costume is just a tool and the symbiote, you know, will do what you tell it to, but you're the controlling force and blah, blah, blah. And she touches mm-hmm. him, she touches him and she unlocks the full potential of the power. And, and she says, remember, remember my name. I'm, I'm misery. And that's, you'll be hearing this name a lot soon because Todd has plans for misery in her own series. And if he has plans for misery, he has plans for Cyan. Because there's a, a point in this 
um, dark horror arc where uh, a lot of bad stuff goes down. Cyan can't take it. She's in a position where the, the synthesized demon drug is arm's length. She takes the drug and she unlocks all these powers. She can teleport. She can project the emotional state of her foes back at at the the foe like if this all of the bad shit that ever went down to an entity she can suck it out of its psyche and spit it back at it so hence the misery so we're going to get a series featuring cyan slash misery out of todd mcfarland soon he he said as much in in, Mm -hmm. I, i think the new image plus um but the the villains in this arc are really cool, um, and they're again angels and demons. You got a dude, a demon named Shimizu, who can mesmerize his prey, and I got to give it up to Alexander. He does it in a, a graphic way that's very compelling. It's not obvious. There's not little wavy lines coming out of you know the character's eyes to to mesmerize his his foe. There's it's very subtle. There's like um, a yellow-esque shapes just kind of rim the eye. It's really subtle, and it's very mm-hmm. well done. See, subtle's not something you normally associate with Spawn. I'll be honest. It's it's the most unsubtle book ever. And um, there's a naked female ghost. Naked. So Spawn has entered the mature readers category now when i say naked i just don't mean breasts i mean everything like full frontal in spawn you didn't expect to see that right um so you got this naked female ghost who can turn into a murder of crows and she's a major pain in spawn's ass for this arc um but the big bad the mastermind behind it all is this Hellraiser inspired nasty that um it's got chains of course and and knives and hooks and shit and bald and I'll put an image up on the uh the eleven o'clock uh comics uh site for the gallery accompanying this episode. It's very extremely well done by Jason. So Jay uh, David, you saw it, right? Yes. Is it not a magnificent image? It's it's he does some amazing work on the book. Yeah, but buyer beware. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, there, there's get, there's a lot of splash pages. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I th- I think every sixth page is a full page splash or double page, which is okay in my book. I, I'm mm-hmm. I'm cool with that. When you have an artist of Jason Sean Alexander's caliber. Go wild. Have at it. You want a whole page? Take the whole page. Now, if it was Simon Kudransky and he took a whole page, I'd be like, you owe me two ninety nine. Yeah, Jason Sean Alexander is amazing. I, I don't respond, so I haven't seen much of his comic work, but I'm very familiar with his uh, commissions and stuff, and they're beautiful. He's, a, he's amazing, right? He's impeccable. Yeah. Um, so, long story short, the drug enters Cyan's bloodstream. It unlocks the darkness inside her and she gets the powers uh it's a means to an end this this mm-hmm. issue this issue this arc this this dark horror arc 
new era for Spawn, the series, but it was conceived for not much more than to make Cyan a superhero. I'm okay with that. When it looks as beautiful as it does, I'm fine with it. It reads good enough. The, the, the sentence structure could be a little more elegant. There are times when it, it reads like maybe a 16 year old wrote it. Like the, <laughs> the, the, the sentences are just clunky. Mm-hmm. Like uh, you, when you read a sentence and you think, uh, I could have composed a better sentence than that. Something's wrong, but, but not in a major way. Mm-hmm. The, 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 the narration, the, the dialogue is good enough. The real strength here is Jason Sean Alexander's art. That's, mm-hmm. that's why you're, you're paying the 299 cover charge to get in the door just to see this breathtaking art. Todd's going to do what Todd does. Um, I would love to get him on here and just ask him, does, you know, Kadransky have incriminating photos of you? <laughs> like, why do you keep bringing this guy back? Um, and it's a, it sucks because you, you get this six or seven issue, um, dark horror arc all drawn by, illustrated by Jason Sean Alexander and then spawn 283, Simon Kudransky. Mm. And then Alexander comes back on in 284. So like, stop, stop with this guy. Just stop. Um, I'll draw it for free. Get on it. Really. Yeah. But, I mean, if if you've been away from Spawn, please check out the Jason Sean Alexander issues. They're outstanding. It's it's yes. a return to visual greatness for the title. Um, writing on Spawn has always been good enough, bordering on sometimes weak. But it, that was never the strength of the book. It was always a visual powerhouse. And this is more of the same. So... I'm happy, and I'm and I'm back on spawn. Back on it. Sorry back for that it. that long winded explanation, but no. thank you, Derek Coward, for helping to get me back up to snuff. Um, it spawn has now jumped back to my pull list. I won't make this mistake again. I owe you one, brother. And in the box were other oh. stuff, so you'll be hearing more about oh. that other oh, stuff nice. later. Yeah. Yeah, because of you um, showing us some of those pages from uh, Alexander, I had to um, go back and look for some of the older issues, starting with what two seventy six. So I'll um, I'll try to see what I've been missing. Well, I have them for you. Don't go crazy. Sweet. Don't go crazy. Okay, I, I have them. I was keeping an eye on the book while I was away. That's Oh, I feel you. Yeah, no, I get that. Some things you just just can't quit. Yeah. Right. There are two books. uh, Let me see. Two books that never, as of this point, leave my pull list. One of them is Spawn. Yes, I made a mistake and I corrected it. The, The second, Savage Dragon. I have the. the, Well, speaking of, should we talk about the latest issue? Yeah, yeah, we need to. I'm shocked. I'm not shocked. I'm. It is in 
Eric Larson form to do shit like this, but I never expected this character. Give us a lowdown, Jason. Because no, I want to I want, I hear... I want to hear... I'll chime in on my thoughts on the book, but this is your baby. I'm not... That's like me well, saying, all right, Vince, break down uh, sex and violence uh, domino for me real quick. <laughs> Especially I since I was the first one to read this weeks ago. Weeks so it's ago. not fresh in my mind. <laughs> I remember the I remember the climax, but I don't remember most of the issues. And you know, Eric... Eric is, Eric's a motherfucker. Because... If you had to judge a book by a, the cover, you would never think that this issue would have any kind of lasting ramifications because it's Malcolm with shaving cream on his on his face and mm-hmm. Maxine on his shoulder with shaving cream in her crotch on her hoo-ha and a razor in her hand and she's got a t-shirt, well not a t-shirt, a, a tank top that says bald is beautiful. Ain't it the truth? It's a light-hearted just entry into this issue that does not bespeak the horrors of what happens within. Um, you know, the girls are still in Dimension X battling raptures, bad guys, and, and just, um, I think uh, now that they have clothes on, the storyline is not as compelling <laughs> as it was before. Um, but sure. they man- they managed to find clothes, Angel and, and company and Alex, and they found clothes in Dimension X. And they're- Alex is very um, emotionally shattered that Papa Dragon is dead. So she will go to any lengths, even if it means going to an alternate dimension and finding a savage dragon. Now, I'm talking Emperor Kerr, savage dragon finding the dragon that she was in love with and hooking up with him. Like this, Alex is scarred, man. She, she has not come to terms with, with Papa going kablooey, but that's not what this issue is about. Uh, the, the majority of it, Maxine faints. She's, um, laying on, on the floor of their apartment. The kids called Malcolm and say, you know, something's wrong with mama. She she not right, and um, he tells him to check if she's breathing. Uh, meanwhile, he has a man uh, from the previous issue stuck in his midsection, and uh, he explodes. Malcolm explodes because that's what his blood does. That's what it did to Daddy. Um, and Malcolm is now blown in two pieces, and the doctors save him because of Mac- Malcolm's healing factor, but. Long story short, Maxine is pregnant um, with another dragon baby, and she does not, spoilers, she does not survive the C-section, because the baby, like Rapture, uh, which is Malcolm's mother, Rapture had electricity-based powers, Malcolm has some to a certain extent, and this child obviously does too. So while the baby is in the womb, it unleashes an electrical discharge, uh, which made her uh, be unresponsive in the first place. And during the C-section, the baby lets go again, and Maxine does not survive the the, the birth process. 
I have to be honest with you, I had no idea that Rapture was Malcolm's mom. Yeah. Good to know. Now, do you think, I mean, is she, based on your long-time reading of Savage Dragon, is she dead-dead? Um, I mean, she's just a normal human, right? So she's... Yeah, knowing Eric, I would say yeah. yeah wow. Yeah. But, knowing Eric, I would say hell no. Because Rapture died, and we get an alternate dimension Rapture mm-hmm. in, in in the past couple issues. Um, there are multiple... It'd be funny if they get an alternate dimension one and she's a prude. Right. See, that's yeah. Eric. That's just Eric playing with the medium. He would be so probably down with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, I mean, this. I would love to get him in here where we can talk to him and say, where was your head at when you did this yeah. issue? Like, why would you take a fan favorite character and just dispose of her? He would probably mm-hmm. say, well, it felt right. And But that's the thing. Wherever You're the, a regular Rich Little tonight. I know. Where, wherever the, the creative winds blow him, that's where Eric goes. Savage Dragon has, had never been a sexually explicit book in the past, but for some reason, Eric recently felt like, I'm going to make Savage Dragon a sexually explicit book. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's what it became. Be, I mean, yes, he used Maxine's Nymphomania as a, a fulcrum to, to go down that road, but still, it's just... I don't think there's a book on the stands that is as energetic and as diverse as Savage Dragon. Whatever Eric's feeling, that's what he brings to the book. If he's feeling political, the book gets political. If he's feeling dirty, the book gets hypersexualized. Like, why not? Is this his baby? He knows there's only, I'm going to guess. Probably 10,000 people reading it, if that. Right? Mm-hmm. This is not the 90s. Uh, well, I mean, the the monthly issues are much lower than that. But I don't know if there's trades or... I don't it think... It sells it... like 3,000 copies in each monthly Oh, issues. Jesus. Are you kidding me? Oh. That's pathetic. That's seriously pathetic. We we should do a um, some kind of promotion... Here, where we get people to read Savage Dragon. It, I mean, it, you're doing it right now. Yeah, it's true. But, I mean, you've been you've been reading it lately. Yeah. Are you not enjoying it? Like, is it not... Oh, 100%. A, that's why I keep reading it. Yeah, it's a vital part. Well, okay, I'm putting words in your mouth. But, but to me, it's a vital part of my monthly, in quotes, comic book reading experience. Like, I mm-hmm. need Savage Dragon every month. Or whenever. Sure. I mean, I, I don't know that I go that far because it's again something I haven't read for much in my life. But um, just so you know, issue number two twenty nine sold three thousand eight hundred ninety four copies. Wow. There's something really wrong about that. Uh, I mean, numbers don't give me some yeah, give me some thickness or girth, whatever you want to say. Hard out there, man. They they don't, but. I would I would hope that more people would be, be down with the, the thin. You know what I'm saying? No doubt. So, yeah. So, I wouldn't think it would be much more than Savage Dragon. I I'm going to guess. Um, Spawn probably tops out at like 55, 6,000 copies. 
See? I will say one thing. Wow, dude. <laughs> it's a different world. How much? Small number 283 sold 16,700 copies. <sighs> so it sells... Uh, oh, my God. 283 is the Simon issue, isn't it? Yeah. Good well, I, I don't oh, think... That, I mean, but again, I don't think it... It wasn't like it spiked. That's just what it sells. But it, so, yeah, so it sells... Um, so there's a there's also a Kodransky in the sells five times as many copies as Savage Dragon. Yeah, there's a Kodransky in the office that tallies the numbers for comics, and they're, <laughs> they inflate them five times what they're actually selling. <laughs> These Kodranskys are everywhere. They're like a vermin. But anyway, um, yeah, I don't know. I I think it's gonna stick. Ooh. But th- that's just the thing. You never know. Someone could take Maxine's body and dismember it, and you'll get a villain with Maxine. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just throwing yeah. wild ideas out because that's what Eric does. Like, why? Why not? There's there's no why in Savage Dragon. There's why not? Why not do it? Mm-hmm. Heavy heavy flow. Come on. Feel me flow. No, it's great. Um, and Eric is one of the last. Bastions of the old school letter column. Yeah. And and he'll tell you why in this issue. He's like, yeah, message boards come, message boards go, but when a letter's printed, it exists forever. It's true. And that, that's why he does the Fanatics uh, letter column. Peter Rios just hit me up saying, hey, is this you? And it was some... Uh was some letters column from an old school issue from the 80s by, with a Jason, from a Jason Wood. I said, this is not me. I've never written a letter to a letters column in my life. Oh, I have. Not yeah. many. Not many, but I I have two printed. One nice. of which is in Erie. Nice. One. 109, 108 around there. And the second, Jason's going to be very jealous. Domino. Mm-hmm. Fear agent. Oh, sick. Yep. Damn. Wow. I don't I write them I don't write them often, but when I do Shout out to Heath Houston and friends. I know. David, do you ever have one print? I I didn't have a um I didn't have a letter printed, but I did have my name printed in, (laughs) you'll love this. Amazing Heroes? Todd's last issue of Adjectiveless Spider-Man. Get out of here. Why? No way. Because I wrote him a letter. What did you tell him he sucks? (laughs) Of course I did. Dude, you're a great artist, but you're writing? No. I said, glad we got past the doom, but it's um, all those drums. But no, it was, um, he he had, uh, the last issue to Letters Column is is a list of names of uh, people who have written him uh, while he was was writing Spider-Man. I'm jelly. (laughs) Seriously. And it's the widescreen issue, because it was the team up with uh, X-Force. Wow. So both of y'all, boom! Damn, bring that fire! I, I think you win. 
don't know about that. No, I, I do. I think you. Thing. I think you win. I think I've I never got my my name in a Todd McFarlane book. Right. I I'm pretty sure I still have the issue. But jealous and stuff. Maybe I'll look forward to Heroes again. Nice. We're gonna have some fun at Heroes, and you know what? It's a little more Ooh. than a month away. Dude, I can't even handle that. I wonder, I wonder if we're gonna get together before Heroes. I doubt it. I doubt <laughs> it. That that's why. <laughs> I think Vince was all like, "Oh, we could do it. We're gonna get together. Yeah, we should get together. Yeah." That, that's what I I followed it up with the. I know. Gishinka, so we'll like, get it at Heroes. We'll yeah. get- Mm-hmm. So much fun. So uh, much fun. I'm glad you guys in, enjoyed Infinity War. It, it does. It, if these movies exist for nothing more than to get people excited in these characters, mm-hmm. uh, I'm fine with it. Nice. Good for you. Speak on it. It's good to hear. Yeah. I just I don't have a burning need to see them. And I know very clear. this. This shut up. This this one probably is the one I should see. This is what Dap keeps telling me. But yep. when it when it comes around, I'll watch it. I know. Okay. Oh, I know you'll do. You'll do you. Yep. I still I'll haven't. Care of business. I haven't seen anything after Guardians Two. I think you'll get a kick out of Ragnarok. Is the anvil in it? No, uh, not going to say. Like the Doom. I know, I know what you mean. Searcher's in it, but yeah, I'll, mm-hmm. I, I won't, I won't say anything about an anvil. Wait a minute, the Searcher's in it, and they don't do the anvil. Searcher is voiced by Clancy Brown too. It's pretty clear. It's, it's, it's pretty slick. Yeah, SpongeBob, me boy. <laughs> Get to work. <laughs> All right, uh, we going to bring this home. Bring it home for Jerome. All yeah, right. I gotta do a pick me up with my in your travels. So, me too. I got a classic for my in your travels. Oh, damn! In your travels, you would best go to Discount Comic Book Service, DCBService.com. They are the absolute best at getting you the comics, graphic novels, toys, bric-a-brac, anything in the previous catalog you want for a fraction of the retail price. And when I say previous catalog, I mean the previous catalog, the Marvel previous catalog, the DC previous catalog, the soon-to-be Image previous catalog, and the Scout Comics previous catalog. Everybody's going to have one soon. It's going to be bundled. Um, in your travels, this book came out Wednesday. It is a certified classic now in color. It is published by Titan Comics. I don't believe I mentioned them in, in <laughs> maybe in 20 minutes. minutes. Yeah, 12 minutes. Uh, Titan Comics. It is written, designed, and curated by Alan Martin. Cover and art by Jamie Hewlett. New colors by Tracy Bailey. It is Tank Girl. 30th uh-huh. anniversary, 1988 to 2018. It takes the first handful of tank girl stories that appeared in deadline and elsewhere colors them all up beautifully adds some archival material uh background stuff shaky cane is on the back cover shaky cane shaky cane um and it's it's well worth the investment it's 6.99 
for a prestige format um, comic mm-hmm. that showcases some of the most amazing, energetic, um, unhinged, off-kilter art and storytelling that ever came out of the uh, British Isles. I think that's safe to say. Tank Girl is... Uh, forget about the movie. The the uh, <laughs> the flat, four-color now uh, character of Tank Girl and Booga. Um, they clicked with a lot of people for, for a lot of good reasons. Um, she's, she's anarchy on paper. Uh, and I, I love her and I'm infatuated with her. And you will be too if you haven't read it. Whoa, sorry. But get to a comic shop and pick up Tank Girl, number one, 30th anniversary, um, in color. I think there's four of these coming soon. There may be four. I don't know. But um, get it. You'll you'll thank me if you haven't read them. Yeah, I saw a whole bunch of different variant covers for Tank Girl, I think, in last month's previews for something. Yeah, um, I got this uh, the local shop. Comics on the Green, and mm-hmm. there were two different covers. I don't know if that was the limit, uh, the extent, but naturally I went with the Jamie Hewlett cover of uh, Tank Girl and Booga because um, Hewlett's amazing. Yeah, yes. I'm not. I'm not feeling the gorillas though. Really? Still? Yeah. Like at all? Not even the not even the first. No, I, I can listen to it, but I right. I don't think it's a work of brilliance that many okay, people. No, I I can yeah no I I, I can get I'm with but you there. It's an album that's on many people's top twenty five list. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm not. It's it's. I don't know what it is about it that that sings to them, but I, I I but I I could say that about a few different bands and. I won't name them because I want to keep my friends. So I will. Hey, just wait, say name that, one because I want to hear. Radiohead. I'm with you on that. Aside from OK Computer, I'm with you on that. Yeah. Okay. That Good. last one is incredibly boring. <laughs> I wouldn't even know which. I, I couldn't tell you if you get if if you had the. The game in front of me and said which year did this album come out? I did all the same year. I have no idea what any now as far as their growth or anything like that. Right, you want to call right. it. I just, I'm not going to get into the whole thing, but it, it's just one of those things where I don't. I um, but they struck gold yeah. on on OK Computer. It's it's Absolutely. a brilliant album. It really yeah, is. Yeah. Now, if you start throwing shit at Cheap Trick, then those are fighting words. Do that? Not you, Mister Bill <laughs> Z did, and I'm like, what? Dude. Mr. Who? Bill Zanowitz. Did he really? Yeah. Oh, I missed that. I, I, I just cannot. That does not compute at all. Doesn't. That's crazy. Greatest American rock and roll band. Mm-hmm. It's true. Uh, Go ahead. Sorry. I, I thought I about too it much. while... Um, uh, there is also a letter from me printed in Clark and Wachter scar tissue. Ooh. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Second or third issue maybe, but yeah. Um, this came out and this was um, 12 cents from DTBS. I can't wait to get it next month, but I had to read it. 
um, this week. This is DC Nation number zero. Three stories uh, right on the cover says the summer of events starts now. Two of the three stories. um, One story was absolutely amazing. One story got me interested to see where things are going. One story wasn't necessarily messy. It was just because of the page count, there wasn't enough there because of all the characters involved where um, I got anything really out of it. What I mean by that is uh, the first story is written by Tom King. Beautifully illustrated by Clayman and uh, Jordan Belair on colors. And it is um, a Batman short uh, where it's the Joker is waiting for the mail to come in. And that's really all I'm going to say about that, because the best parts of this particular story um, is the way Tom writes the Joker, has him act, uh, has him dribble out the jokes, uh, terrorize this man. It's, it's a great short story. Um, it's pretty and brutal I too. Absolutely love the first page. It's a splash page where man drew Joker peeping through the mail slot, but his tongue is ever so slightly sticking out between his teeth. And it's just, and he is, it is a very dirty and perverse looking Joker. And like between that. him and Mikhail Janin's Joker, which Tom posted a picture today, um, I, I, I wrote back to him and said that Mikhail quickly catapulted to to the top of my all time favorite Joker artists list. I, I absolutely think his wow. his his version of the Joker is 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 creepy and is just I. I can't take my eyes off his Joker, but this this one by man is just it's because it, it, it it's very it's very old timey and it's it's it is absolutely creepy and 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 it's a stunning visual. Uh, but that's a great story. The second story is uh, a Superman story written by Brian Michael Bendis, pencils by Jose Luis Garcia Lopez, inks by Dexter Vines. Dexter does a fantastic job inking Jose more than Joe Prado did inking Jose on one of the variant covers. It's We talked about, there there was a post that Jason posted on our Facebook group page of a um, Frank Miller sketch that was then hidden by Joe Rubenstein on, on inks and Prado is doing his best Rubenstein impersonation on this <laughs> cover. It is Superman. It almost looks like he came from Krypton by way of Athens. It's just a very, it, it doesn't look very Garcia Lopez to me. Um, question, but I, yes, Garcia Lopez's finest hour in your opinion. That is so... Oh. It's hard, right? 
It is because on I I want to say I want to say like Atari Force just because of the quantity and the consistency. Even though I really don't have a major love for the characters, it's where I got to see Garcia Lopez on a regular basis. But those covers of DC Comics Presents, especially like the second issue where or the first issue where where Superman and Flash and and Flash is being taken away to another place. It's just it's the way Garcia Lopez puts characters in 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 positions and the and and the emotion that the expressions on their faces. You just you know exactly. You don't even though Jose was drawing comics in the era when there were, were balloons all over covers. You knew exactly what the characters were feeling just based on. I mean. I think McGuire does Kevin McGuire does amazing, amazing work with expressions on characters, but he does not come close to getting that same feeling Garcia Lopez puts on a character's face. I feel, and and it's just whether whether Superman is happy or he's distraught or it, there's just it, there's something about the man's work that I it's it's comfortable and it's it's a warm blanket for me i i wish i wish most of his work or the majority of what i know to be his work wasn't on the licensing stuff wasn't on the style guides was actual pages of comic books that i could sit and read and not just look at color form decals or 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 bed sheets i i i love looking at anything he draws but I would have, I'll, I'll, I'd gladly give up the licensing stuff if I could get more actual comic work from him. But Jason, what is your Jason? Your favorite Garcia well, Lopez? Well, it, it. I mean, it's much tougher for me to say because not growing up a DC guy, I knew of him more than I knew his work directly. So for me, I just think of all the cover work he did because I would see his covers, but I wouldn't read the issues. But, I mean, Dap said it. I mean, the only thing really that he did that I read a lot of was Atari Force. So Cool. Uh, and the style yeah. guy. I mean, like David said, I think of him as the style guy guy, frankly. But uh, Jason, did you uh, have you ever read Cinder and Ash? No. Oh, we'll look for that. So good. So good. We'll look for that. So here. good, yeah? Yeah. Right. Cool. I'm down with all that, but I think Garcia Lopez's finest hour was the uh, Twilight. The three, oh yes, the three mm-hmm. issue uh, prestige series that he did with Howard Chaykin. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. You That's know, cool. it's been so long. I, I want to read that again. You have it. Yeah. I don't anymore. No, I, I don't know if I ever finished it. I don't think it's ever been collected. You're gonna have to scare up the um, single issues, which is not hard. Right. You know. It's weird. If only we were going to a convention soon where they're going to sell right? it. <laughs> um, One more thing the, before you move on. Uh-huh. The Justice League Dark. That's going to spiral out of this big Justice League event. I think I'm down for Justice League Dark. I'm down for all the Justice League books in this month's previews. All of them? Yeah, I'm going to try them all. Wow. I may not stick with them, but I'm going to give them a try. Okay. Uh, Vince, it looks like it was collected. When was that? About four years ago. Yeah. Uh, 
2014 is a, has a date, but yeah, 100 and, 168 pages uh, by Howard Shakin and Jose Luis Garcia Lopez. Nice. Snooky, snooky. Yeah. You should get that. Or if you can find the singles for a dollar, right. get get that. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, we'll see if I can continue the tradition because I got Cosmic Odyssey last year on the cheap. So Yeah. Yeah, you did. Um, the second story is the Superman story by Bendis. Um, Bendis is kind of hitting the ground running. He's definitely setting the stage for what's going on in um, in Superman's world. Um, something's happened at the Daily Planet as far as reporters who no longer work there. Um, there is a new character introduced, a, um, a very fetching reporter. Her name is uh, Robinson Good with an E. Um, she has ulterior motives, but um, yeah, I this one, this one definitely is the one that made me interested to see where where Bendis is is taking the um, big blue blue Boy Scout. The third story, speaking of the Justice League, is. The Justice League, written by Scott Snyder, James Tinney in the fourth, and Joshua Williamson. Art is beautifully given to us by uh, Jorge Jimenez. Um, there was just a lot going on, and I think the um, the roll call of the characters as as we were. I mean, everybody gets Batman's kind of front and center at the start, but then we first meet. Team Entropy, which is Lobo, Deathstroke, Lex Luthor, Beast Boy. Um, And we then cut to Team Mystery, which is led by Superman, includes Martian Manhunter, Starfire, Starro, and Sinestro. Uh, Team Wonder offers us Wonder Woman, Raven, Dr. Fate, Etrigan, and Zatanna. And finally, Team Wisdom is Cyborg, Robin, Adam, The Flash, and Harley Quinn. So it's um, it's basically Justice League and Teen Titans and some villains. Um, and Ronan. Oh, sorry. And Darkseid. And it's, he looks oh, like Ronan. Right. Yeah, he does. He does on that on that page. Yeah, um, but there there seems to be you know a threat coming. But I just there was a little bit too much in too few pages with too many characters, and uh, you know I thought the the introduction of all the characters, you know, Lobo, the last Zarian, uh, nefarious bounty hunter, Deathstroke, master assassin, Lex Luthor, evil super genius, beast boy, sometime dinosaur, because he's, he looks like a Godzilla type dinosaur. Um, there's the Sinestro, most dangerous lantern in the universe. And Robin, son of Batman, Adam, world's smallest hero, Flash, the fastest man alive, and then you get to Harley Quinn, and it's like, you know who she is. And uh, some of them were kind of okay, spot on. Some of them were just kind of cute or, or annoying. But um, I felt it was visually not so much. Although, 
maybe that's not so true after the the man and, and the Garcia Lopez vines. But story wise, as far as what what I was offered or teased with, um, it was the weakest of the three. It's still, I think if, and I like most of the characters that are on the spread out across these teams. Um, I just think they this could have been the free comic book day issue and, and you could have given it more pages to kind of flesh things out. The, just the one, two, three, four, the, the, the 10 or so pages, um, wasn't enough to, to, for me to get a sense of what was going on. I, I'd rather just probably dive right in when the weekly event starts or whatever and, and see what happens from there. There just wasn't enough here, but as the great prophet Milo said, two out of three ain't bad. So the, there were Jim Steinman. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> there's, there's just, it, it, I thought, you know, if you're a King completist, if you want to know everything that he's doing with Batman, you definitely need to get this. If you want to see what Bendis has, uh, if, if you want to, after uh, reading the tease in action comics, 1000, uh, if you want a little bit more info, or, or see what, what, what Bendis has cooking for Superman and his supporting cast, uh, you should get this issue. Uh, if you're a Justice League fan, you'll probably want to get this issue. So there's something in here for everybody, but um, it started off amazingly strong with the Batman story. Uh, wet my appetite with the Superman one, but then kind of left me flat at the end with the Justice League, even though Jimenez is still... So much eye candy. It's so good. But in your travels, it's a quarter if you don't get a discount. DC Nation number zero. But how well, cool silly. is it that Starro's a member of the Justice League? <laughs> and he he yells at he yells at um, at Superman because he's got to. Uh, I'm about to throw a despotic starfish at a giant floating brain, and you see Starro telepathically say, "Faster, fool!" and then. Superman flings him, and and Starro is laughing as he's getting flung through the. You would the too. Giant. It's just, I it, Starro is a. The last time I got anything worthwhile out of Starro was the Boahaha days when, uh, that that was that felt more like a threat to me. In the nineties, then, um. Or the late eighties, early nineties, than than any previous Starro story before, and probably since. But even when they revamped Despero and gave him the the Mohawk fin instead of the the silly looking, I'm gonna play chess against John Jones fin. But um, yeah, I I think Starro serves a purpose. He's not exactly someone who, when I see, I, I kind of quiver. But I I think uh, oh, aliens. Not every alien can look so menacing with sharp teeth and, and evil looking. Some of them might just look like a giant floating starfish. <laughs> You're a cold man, David A. Price. Am I? Sometimes. Okay. It's okay. Sometimes. What you got? Uh, I'm going to keep this tight and right. Somebody wants to go. It's getting late. <laughs> Snap. My uh, man Dab is tired. He's been moving, uh, moving appliances all week. Uh, written by uh, a guy who I think uh, has a future in, in the industry, Mr. Rick Remender. Art by 
Monsieur Bengal. Ooh. With, uh, with variant covers by Duncan Fogredo and James Heron. Out yesterday, it is Rick's newest image comic, known as Death or Glory, number one. It is, uh, it's, it's, it's a 40-page first issue, so you're getting jam-packed, you're getting plenty of content. It is uh, about a young woman named Glory in the distant, uh, sorry, in the near future, I should say. Um, Glory has, uh, she's a good person. She's a, she's, she's a benevolent, kind-hearted person who was raised uh, off the grid, completely off the grid. She and uh, her father and a bunch of other people uh, essentially live in a caravan of truck of trucks, a trucker convoy. But uh, she she has there's no record of her. She they don't have insurance, jobs, paychecks. They're legit completely off the grid. And um, her father is dying. He needs a liver transplant. And since they're off the grid, there's no real way for them to get that to happen without a lot of money. And so she decides to undertake um, an insane heist to try and raise the money to pay for her dad's operation. So she needs to pull up four cross-country heists uh, in three days. Uh, and she is intertwined with uh, her ex-husband, who is a total douche nozzle, uh, and his evil partners. And um, things go wrong very quickly. Uh, it's uh, it's basically a heist. It's a, it's, it's a heist movie to the nth degree brought to the comic form. And I have to say that uh, Bengal, who by Rick's own uh, admission loves drawing vehicles, pulled off a car chase in this book that is so exciting. And that is a hard thing to do in comics, I think, because, you know, you have to draw the motion, uh, the idea of motion. You can't show it. Um, it was a, it was a captivating first issue. Um, Glory's strong female protagonist. Uh, she's easy to root for, easy on the eyes. And, um, I think uh, I presume this is this isn't going to end with a lot of anarchy and a lot of 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 uh, death and destruction. And a lot of things are going to go wrong, um, but we certainly are rooting for her. And I have to say, I, I'm not that familiar with Bengal's comic work. Um, I've seen a thing here or there. I know he spent most of his time over in Europe doing uh, European French graphic novels, but uh, you know, Rick always has a way of finding phenomenal. Uh, uh, illustration partners to work with on his books. And uh, Bengal is, is certainly a suitable addition to that roster. So um, I have no idea how long this book's going on for. I believe it, at least it's been solicited as ongoing. Although again, if, if she's got a specific task at hand, which is these heists, I'm going to presume that it just runs, runs its course that way, but uh, I'm not sure about that. I have to look into that, but either way, uh, death or glory. Number one image comics, Rick Remender, Bengal, two thumbs up. Nice. Sweet. I'll check that out. Yeah, I got it queued up. I just haven't read it yet. All right, everybody. Hey, thank you very, very much for being here with us. If you would be so kind to check out our extracurricular activities on the Facebooks. We have an 11 o'clock comics uh, Facebook group. We're on the Twitter. And as always, always, check out our patreon site because it's hopping like a bunny uh mm-hmm. patreon.com forward slash one one o c o m i c s dot com yeah. no oh, not, not, not one thing com. 
What it is that com? Patreon.com. Yeah, right. I said dot com at the end of eleven o'clock comics, which is it is not. Oh no, um, you 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 reminded me when you mentioned the Facebook group. Um, we are not the only group on Facebook. Uh, I'm sure to do this, but some of you, I think, act like we are. If you are looking to join our Facebook group and you're listening to the show, you are going to be asked three very simple questions. They're not trick questions. We're not trying to Cambridge Analytica you. We, but the reason they exist is because we want to make sure that you're not a bot or a hooker or some random spammer who's just trying to get into our group because we get inundated, as I'm sure most groups do, with dozens, sometimes hundreds of requests from people that we can't tell if you're a real person. So those questions are simply a means to let us know the real person. It's not like we're grading you. If if you happen to think that uh, Domino is the worst character ever and the Savage Dragon is a shitty comic and you say it in the question, we're not going to not accept you. The point is we just want to make sure that you're a real human being who is, listens to the show and wants to come aboard and talk about comics. But I say this because I think we're back up to like 50 pending requests And the way it works is when we get a request that we just can tell is a spammer or some other type of shenanigans, we just delete it. But there are like 50 of you that look by by everything we can tell to be real people. Um, But we're not going to let you in the group until you do us the courtesy of answering those questions. So if for some reason you have a philosophical aversion to answering those questions, you're not getting in. And if for some reason you just don't realize that it's that important and you do want to be part of the group, go back in. Refresh and answer the questions. Excellent. If you um, if if you know people who tend to only get their podcasts from iTunes or from Apple Podcasts on their iPhone, uh, and they come to you and say, "Where's the lady? Why haven't you know, the, the guys quit?" Uh, let them know where they can also get. The episodes we are trying to find out why uh, there seem to be some apps, obstacles on the Apple side of things. But uh, I know, obviously, if you're hearing this, you're not one of the people afflicted. Uh, but if you know somebody who may be, uh, we'd appreciate it if you got the word out there. Right. And the episodes are there, right? They just have yes. to. Yeah, they are absolutely there. Uh, 538 came up today while I was at work and that was of course last week's episode uh, that is I don't know if it just takes a couple days with Apple so it just was it, it won't automatically download but yes if you if you do a search for 11 o'clock comics it may not show the latest episode in the search but if you click on our album art and go to our actual iTunes page the latest episode whatever it may be at that time will be at the top of the list and believe me, we are extremely frustrated by this, but Apple is uh, a massive company and are frankly not all that interested in helping a small show like ours out <laughs> with hands-on troubleshooting. So, You know, they don't even care about podcasts at all because no. on, my, on my phone, when, when you go to the music thing, the podcasts aren't even listed at all. Well, it's the only thing they never figured out how to make money off of. Right. You know, if you put an app on the show on the stories, you know you, you you pay them thirty percent. If you put an audio book up, you pay them thirty percent. If you you know, if you put a magazine up and you can do subscriptions, you pay them thirty percent. But podcasts they they created in such a way that since they're generally free, they don't collect any 
income from it at all. And I think that's probably why it's been progressively de-emphasized by now. Because it's all about money. That's true. Yep. Well, if they didn't have the best computers on the planet, I'd be salty, but unfortunately, fortunately, unfortunately, they do. You must have just veered into the ultimate universe for a second there. See, I think you're in the minority because we wouldn't be able to do what we do without without uh, Apple. What? Because a PC ain't cutting it. You don't think that a lot of, of podcasts are... Oh, I'm, sh- I'm, I'm sure they are. I'm sure they are. But the ease with which I produce a show, to get a three-hour show turned around in mm-hmm. under under 45 minutes, yeah, it's just... It's it's my my MacBook. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to front because I've heard that MacBooks and, and Macs are great computers, but it is worth noting that they have less than 7% of market share. <laughs> but that's... They, they make their own hardware running their software, whereas... You look at a Windows machine. It's the same thing with with iPhones versus Android phones. You've got you, you've got Dell. You've got HP. You've got so I mean yes, you're going to have what you did, more. Jason. Look what you did. Go ahead. Damn. I'm just saying that generally, uh, just like the iPhone is got dominant market share, and the iPod had dominant market share. Generally, in consumer electronics, the best products have the dominant market share, and I know all you Mac evangelists swear by them, but I mean. 30 years into their existence, they have less than 7% of the market. So, well, so, I think so this P- is PCs the, are doing something right. No, they're not. I think it's the one instance it's, it's, where lowest common denominator, Windows spoke to a lot of people. It was easy to use. It's cheap. It's cheap. It was actually... You, you can get a $300 laptop or, right. or not even. It, but I, I here, Here's the deal. I spent $3,000 for my MacBook. I could have purchased... 2.5 probably 3 laptops for the same amount of money. Why did I buy the Mac? Because the operating system is that much better than a PC. If we're talking best operating system in the world, that's Linux. But I can't get all the apps that I need yeah. to create this show on Linux. I'm not going to get into it, but Skype doesn't work well under Linux. Um Blah, blah, blah. The fact that the PC has that much market share isn't a testament to the the solidness of its operating system. That's for damn sure. It's just that it's cheap, it's easily obtainable, and every the majority of people have it. The, the operating system is poop. I hear you, but again, I would point out that there are a ton of cheaper cell phones out there and there have always been a ton of cheaper mp3 players out there and apple managed to get dominating market share by being the premium product so i don't know why it's different on the computer market you apple accolades act like somehow they get a pass there all i'm saying is great computers sure but they're expensive seven percent seven percent ain't twenty percent and ain't forty percent it's not a plurality it's if you get a consumer they they sell they sell fewer computers than asus Dell, Lenovo, HP, Acer. 
I mean, it's it's not like one company has the right. But there's yeah. a reason why. If you get a consumer that is conditioned to spending five to eight hundred dollars for a laptop, and they walk into an Apple store, and the the corresponding Apple product is fifteen hundred to three thousand dollars, they're not going to buy it. It's just not going to happen because they're not. Once you sit down with one of these machines and play around with it, you're like, okay, I get it now. But getting them to that point is very difficult. Mm-hmm. Apple never did the, the PC thing where they just brokered it out to anybody who wanted to make them. That's a, that's a double-edged sword. It hurt them and it helped them. It hurt them more than it helped them. This is not comics related. Why are we talking about this? Dark people, it's all geek related. <laughs> I know. Hey, everybody, um, come back next episode. We love you so freaking much. We do. I can't even contain how much love is in my heart for all you people. Dap feels the same way. So does Jason. Come back so that love remains strong. In the meantime, say goodnight. David. Good night. David. Mm. Mm, I don't know. I don't know, Jason. <laughs> I don't know. That much, you could take a mully this week. We'll get a mully. We'll let you take the ball and put it out of the rough into the, the green. Got zooks. Right. <laughs> we love you, people. Join us. We'll be back. Say good night. I did. Uh, wow, he just why nice. are what no why aren't my kids asleep yet that was the kitchen chair being scuffed against the kitchen floor <laughs> why aren't your kids why are you, asleep yet? because they're because they're, they're, because it's only midnight like, i know <laughs> they didn't the sacrifice the yet. lamb yet i don't know bye i got, I got spaghetti to make spaghetti. <laughs> let's make dad's life a living hell okay <laughs> You go they're the beacons of your life. Uh, they are. You go first. Bye. 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 Bye.